know, Bahamas Air, you know what their slogan is? If you have time to spare, take Bahamas Air. <laughs> they, they don't even care, like, about being, like, an hour late. Like, it's not even Spirit Airlines where, you know, you have, like, the aggravated so people up there at the desk uh, frantically going around changing the time. They don't even give a shit, right? The plane's not even there yet. And it's, like, 4.30. We're supposed to take off at 4. And they still have big letters on time because they're on island time. You're already late. They, they have to put in parentheses island on island time. They don't give a flying one. I mean, there's no regard for time, uh, you know, whatsoever with Bahamas Air. They still have on time. You look 45 minutes late. There's no plane in the hangar. Nothing. Nothing at the gate. And then it does arrive, you know, like uh, sometimes airlines, they hustle, they, they turn the thing around pretty quickly, yeah, and you're like yeah. amazed, going, wow, that's a pretty good job there. Did you make sure you have enough gas to get to Cleveland? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, they pull in, like, uh, they're already an hour late. Yeah, we'll take another hour. Why don't you guys go to the bar and have a uh, Bahama Mama? A couple of Maraschino cherries thrown in there right on the top there with some foam and some whipped cream. Um, yeah, they, they, they don't care. If you have time to spare... Fly Bahamas Air. I believe that is their marketing slogan. The time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest and a uh, very warmly dressed for being in the house, <laughs> Mike Luby Lubis. <laughs> you have now submitted yourself and uh, become a true Floridian. So uh, you're probably sitting in, what, about 72-degree temperatures there. And My you house got a is coat like on. 66. It's, like, really cold. It was always freezing in that radio studio we were in, which I kind of like. I mean, I, I would rather be freezing cold oh, in, yeah. in the process of doing this sort of thing than uh, schwitzing and all self-conscious. You get sweat rolling off of your head. <laughs> you pick up your arms, and you're all pitted out, and the sweat stains are starting to formulate on your shirt. Uh, you know, even on the radio, I mean, you could get away with it, but it was uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I always found it more stimulating to be in a little bit of a cold temperature. Now, today, impossible for me to lower the temperature in a room here because uh, I have one of these uh, 1958 air conditioning units in the wall. <laughs> and this room uh, was a converted garage, the room that I'm operating out of here, uh, down on the bottom floor of a three-story townhouse. And uh, the temperature on that thing says 62 right now. So I would be afraid to lower it so it actually starts blowing some air in this direction to uh, sub-60 because uh, there's a pretty good chance then during the two hours it might catch fire. So, <laughs> I'm going to let that be. If I start sweating, then uh, it's only because it warmed up in here. It's supposed to warm up significantly uh, through the process of the day, and then by New Year's Eve, we're already back to record high temperatures. Oh, that's annoying. The, I've actually liked the, this. the people that, that are showing you know, pictures of themselves with icicles on their nose and, and their tongue stuck to like a light pole and... You know, they're making snowmen and eight feet of snow in Buffalo that say, hey, global warming, huh? I mean, how stupid mean can you warming. be? That, that's all part of it, the extremes. Yes. Global warming also involves the fact that uh, when it's cold, it gets really fucking cold. So I don't know what these guys are missing, but uh, if you don't acknowledge there's something going on here, we have never had weather all around the world of this level of severity on such a consistent basis any time in my lifetime, Louie. You've been around, what, almost 40 years now? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be 40 years. this year? I am 40. I just had my 40th birthday. Oh, you are birthday. 40 now? Oh, yes. okay. I'm, I'm a few months older than Jesse. Okay. When, when was your birthday? Did I miss it? Did I forget to wish you We did a whole thing. Birthday? Remember, we did happy birthday. Remember, we went out. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we went right. to. Oh, you had a cake. Uh, Sorry, brought you a cake. That was great. And we did a whole week, yes. I had my birthday right. week, yes. 
Uh, have you ever seen anything, I mean, as extreme all around the world? I don't necessarily mean here. Now, now it's been warmer here in Florida than it's ever been. Uh, this is uh, unseasonably warm. We had two days of cold weather. Everybody freaked out. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of pleasant. If I could have walked around more, I would have really enjoyed it. But the I broken toe it. was a little bit inhibiting in terms of uh, outdoor activity. In fact, uh, I've almost become bedridden as a result of this thing, because uh, I realized that uh, my walk of life and my tennis was pretty much my only physical activity outside of drinking beer after uh, both, uh, you know, activities, activities. were uh, consummated there. And um, but I, I've had to lay off all of that. And uh, it's not easy to maintain any semblance of being in shape if you're not doing anything. It just you feel like a lump. So if you're making resolutions about 2023, get on them right now. Don't even wait. Mayo is a good procrastinator, isn't he? He's yes. like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get involved here. You know, and then he does the same thing over and over again. Right? <laughs> Isn't that the uh, definition of insanity? <laughs> yes. Repeating the same thing over and over again and thinking something's going to change? Yes. It's not going to change, my friends. All right, many things to get to. Wow, uh, we, we missed yesterday. Uh, we, we decided to take a holiday off. I, there, uh, I don't know if, uh, Luby, you had uh, some kind of uh, conflicts uh, or anything. I had no plans. I was more than happy to sleep in I one extra day it. of my life. I just figured who's watching. Like, I did the math, and I'm like, oh, yeah, today is like the Christmas. And I, the world seemed to be asleep. So I'm like, what are we waiting? Like, and everyone I tried to get on was like, nah, no, no. I'm like, oh, tomorrow. Hey, nobody Christmas. wants to work on uh, that Monday after Christmas. Yeah. When it falls on a Sunday, you figure you're going to have Monday off. If we were around... Back in the radio business, we would have definitely asked for, uh, like everybody else, to, to have Monday off. Although Monday yes. was a great day to discuss sports because you had most of the NFL activity on Saturday. Then you had uh, very important games, three of them on Sunday, one of which, of course, was our focal point here in town. And that is Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We moved the ball from 20 to 20 like no one's ever seen. Dolph Antony's got to be rolling over in his grave. Those of you who are holding tickets right now on the over at nine are oh, sitting geez. there sucking some wind also, right? Trying to hold back gas <laughs> in an elevator there. It's like, I know I can make it out of here. I don't want to fart on everybody. Well, after yesterday's but, uh, news. <laughs> we're spitting a bit there. And then it uh, turns out two is back in concussion protocol, which uh, leaves us, what, Teddy Bridgewater, who has been a completely forgotten man this year, and, and maybe – Rightfully so, because uh, they lost the three games that he was in there, did they not? Teddy Bridgewater, why did he start? Three games for the Dolphins or two? I think it was Tua two. had the concussion before, and uh, then he played the following week, and everybody said they were crazy to put him in there against Cincinnati. He hit his head again. And uh, look, it, this is a kid that we're rooting for. Let, let's put it that way. Before everybody gets into the Tua sucks and he's not a franchise quarterback, that's fine. He may not be, but it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I, I don't know that well. he needs to be subjected to just an endless stream of disparaging and uh, ugly remarks uh, about his play. I mean, as Dave Wanstead said, I, I think it's up there with anything that Plato or Aristotle uttered. It is what it is. And, and, and what it is is starting to become a little bit more definitive, is it not, Luby? That and therein lies the problem. You have new coach. You have an arsenal of uh, weapons that Victor Boot would be proud to unload uh, and, and maybe throw the ball to. And you're eight and seven. Uh, and, and this was a team that was nine and eight last year after starting one and seven. Yeah. So if you think about it, uh, th this would represent zero progress, even if they win uh, one of their last two games. They'd be at the exact same point they were last year. With a coach they hated and Brian Flores, who was uncommunicative and hated the owner and hated everything about the organization, ended up suing them and the National Football League with a quarterback that you thought was suspect who uh, should the Dolphins go one and two and, and one of those games uh, 
is, uh, well, I don't even know if two is going to play. He may not play. That's the problem. The problem is now these were the two games where for people like me, he was going to prove us right. And for people uh, like, uh, we won't say you, but what's it? Uh, Big Al, they'll prove them right. Um, if he doesn't play, what do you do? Like, I don't. I don't Here's know the thing about Justin him. Herbert, though, and I, I know you don't like him, and you're always. Pointing I do. Out I his think flaws. he's a talent. I'm not, I just hate the comparisons. I think they're two different quarterbacks. But I, well, I, and, and Tua talent. gets off to a lot of fast starts in games, and, and unfortunately has a lot of clumsy finishes. Yes, that much be. more so now. Early in the season, that was, was not great. the case. Uh, the Dolphins were rallying from the grave, and, and, and Tua was spectacular. Yes. Uh, the problem is, can you sustain it? And now over 17 games in 18 weeks, uh, not an easy thing to do. Only the elite quarterbacks are going to be able to sustain that. And maybe they throw in, uh, you know, one semi stinker, but even that they find a way to merge with a victory. It happens. I mean, you, you'll see it with Mahomes. I mean, perhaps he has a better team around him uh, all the way around. Uh, that, that's certainly, uh, you know, a, a consideration. Um, you know, but I mean, uh, you, you looked at Justin Herbert last night. They, they had a series of crappy uh, possessions, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, playing the Indianapolis Colts. How the Colts were only four-point underdogs to the Chargers is beyond comprehension. If there was ever a game that you were just going to send in your life savings, uh, your children's trust fund, your grandchildren's uh, nest egg, and uh, any money that you were going to have left over by the time you hit, uh, you know, pay dirt, uh, you... Uh, would have sent it in last night on the Chargers, thinking that four points is not enough for the Colts, who uh, now in the last six quarters of football have been outscored 56 to uh, six. Oh, Jesus. 56 to six in their last uh, six quarters of football. They were up 33 to nothing uh, in that ballgame against Minnesota. They scored three points in the second half, giving up 36 uh, and included an overtime. And they scored three points last night with Nick Foles at quarterback. I didn't even know Nick Foles was still in the league. Did you? No idea. I kept seeing that name last night. I'm like, why are the people talking about Nick Foles? Right. Because <laughs> he, he wasn't even the second string quarterback uh, that they had with the Indianapolis Colts. And at the time they acquired Nick Foles, they thought this was a big score that he was going to be like, like they also, uh, you know, uh, suspected Matt Ryan would be for them. A, a, a veteran quarterback who would be a catalyst for like maybe a one or two year proposition. I guess you're looking at that with Stafford and, and the Rams. They traded a lot to get Stafford, though. Uh, whereas uh, Matt Ryan was kind of, uh, you know, a very uh, easy, soft purchase, I think, for the Indianapolis Colts because everybody knew the Falcons were ready to move on. So, but that didn't work out. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, it's like Erlinger or something like that. Oh, Sam the, Ellinger. Uh, other quarterback. Sam Ellinger. Yeah. So he played and uh, showed some promise very briefly, as uh, sometimes is the tendency when the backup gets the job and, and starts, and then he looks real good for a game, but then he fizzles out because he's not able to sustain it over a long period of time. And, and that may be the problem that we have with Tua, uh, especially if you compound the issue uh, with uh, you know his uh, penchant for throwing late picks to um, you know also include, uh, unfortunately, and, and you'd hate to say it, but this was one of the... Uh, Concerns that people had about him, injury oh, problem. Injury thing. The injury yeah. thing is what's going to turn people like me around. Like I, I, I don't know about any of the other stuff. The, the three interceptions on consecutive possessions was something that we've never seen from him. But if he's seeing bugs, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was seeing triple at the time. I'm not, I mean, look, he I'm, probably should have told. He supposedly something. had had a concussion versus the Bills and the Bengals and played fine. So I'm not going to automatically assume that the concussions are why he played bad. He played bad. I'm not defending it. The thing that'll get people like me is if he keeps getting hurt then they weren't wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. And I get it. A guy, other guys have had concussions. And they are also bigger guys. And the bigger you are, the stronger you are. It just 
is the truth. And this is a league that isn't made for people who are small. <laughs> it's just not. So, and Tua, it, for as much as he gets rid of the ball, he does have two or three times a game where he holds onto it forever and takes a hit. He's not Josh Allen. He's just not. He's not Stafford. He's not even – Pickett's a decent-sized guy. Like, but, but his hand is always getting bounced off the uh, – Because he doesn't there. handle like – He was a Spalding. I mean, it's 100%. unbelievable. So that's yeah. the kind of thing that, well, even for people like me who are staunch to a defenders, if he's getting hurt a lot, then it doesn't matter good or bad. Like, you need him out there. Yeah. You need him to play. And that's what ended RG3's time was that he couldn't stay healthy. He also was suspect in a lot of areas. Uh, RG3, even though he had that one great year where it looked like uh, he, he was really worth the uh, lofty uh, thoughts that people had about him when they drafted him, what, number two overall? And a lot of people thought he was going to go number one overall, that uh, there was a chance that that would happen. Uh, it didn't. Who, who got drafted number one that year with uh, RG3? Andrew Luck. Remember they, Oh, Luck, okay. Was a late, like, right. He may be better than Luck. And I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he wasn't better than Luck, although uh, Luck, uh, you know, also had a relatively short career considering the amount of tanking that was involved by the Indianapolis Colts, who were a disgrace in their sock for Luck here, as were the Dolphins in their, uh, you know, let's lose for Tua, right? Uh, tanking for Tua what was uh, the slogan, and they did that. They tanked. They tried. Flores uh, wouldn't uh, allow it to happen. By, by any uh, Fitzpatrick came in, rallied the team. They ended up winning five games. Uh, selected fifth. They still had an option of taking Justin Herbert. They went with Tua Tagovailoa, who uh, was coming off a hip injury. They knew he wasn't necessarily going to be ready to go right away. They had a wrong coach in place to try and get something out of this guy and and didn't have near the talent that they had on the roster a year ago that they do right now, even though they had Waddle. Uh, When you combine Waddle with Tyreek Hill and then sort of the lost soul, Jacecki, which uh, that's one of the mysteries I I really don't understand why why Mike Jacecki is more not more involved in the offense because he, he always seems to be a catalyst of good whenever he's in the lineup and actually gets targeted with a throw or two. Uh, the one thing that you did see, and it was illustrated, uh, you know, very easily uh, in the late going when uh, Tua was throwing those picks is he was literally telegraphing exactly yes. where he was going. Yes. And he was going to the very first option that he had, uh, yep. the so-called first read. Yep. And if that's all you're going to do, uh, the NFL is going to catch on. Nah, nah. There's no way that you can do that consistently and expect to succeed. That isn't who he, That's annoying. Like what, what I've found, <laughs> and it's what you made fun of me for, is not only people pair it, but they have to come up with a narrative. That's another stupid sports yeah. word. And they have to stick to the narrative. All game, he's looking off guys. All game, he is going through different reads. He did on those three straight drives was one read and throw. He was. But this idea, well, he's a one read. That's not true. That's actually the opposite of what Well, in is. those cases, though. When, uh, he when was, critical, 100%. He, he became uh, that. He did. Uh, and that, that's just as bad as, I mean, uh, you know, you, you, he was having a great game in the first half. I mean, you, you would have thought, wow, th- this guy is everything that you would want him to be. Uh, he doesn't really run well instinctively. I mean, it's not like he takes off as well as he some won't. other quarterbacks do, and he's not an effective runner. In the sense that Josh Allen is, where you're afraid that this guy's going to run over you. Uh, Joe Burrow actually is a very effective runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have seen uh, we, we've seen that with Justin Herbert, where, where he takes off and runs and uh, is a powerful force, and he's not afraid to go ahead and run over a defensive back. Uh, also, uh, remarkably, is uh, 23 out of 24 on quarterback sneaks of uh, either third and one and fourth and one situations. Justin Herbert, he's same thing. Dude. Tom Brady was always great at that. And that makes a big difference when you don't have to hand the ball off in those spots and take the uh, chance that, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're running back who gets the ball two yards 
you know, behind the quarterback is, uh, you know, about to get smashed behind the line of scrimmage and, and uh, takes you right out of a drive. It's nice to be able to have that element when you know your quarterback can advance the ball. The, the questions are this, though, well, Luby, and they remain the same. I guess, you know, you could uh, probably, uh, you know, analyze uh, 20 uh, of the uh, 32 franchises and uh, come up with uh, the same same question marks, you know, Matthew Lesko thing. Uh, do you have a franchise quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa at this point? And, uh, you know, unfortunately, after three years, the, the jury is, is still very much out. I, I don't know that this guy is winning you Super Bowls. If he plays like he did in spots this year, you're thinking, wow, that's great. But unfortunately, uh, after a couple of blistering starts in ball games, and, and that's been a characteristic of the Dolphins even before Mike McDaniel. I mean, that was one of the weird things about Brian Flores who I never understood what, what his approach was offensively. I had no idea what he was trying to do. Uh, they, they were the hardest team to predict, although you figure they were going to do something very boring offensively yep, yep. on almost every possession. And uh, you're, you're wondering, what? Wh- where's the playbook, man? Do they consult it ever? What, what does he have on a chart? <laughs> Everybody else has this brilliant color, multicolored chart, very neatly organized. <laughs> and I think Flores had like a napkin that said, run the ball. Because <laughs> I don't trust my quarterback. And that was it. But but they would get off to quick starts in games. They almost always orchestrated like a beautiful drive to open up the ball game, and then uh, it would dissipate, and, and uh, they'd be back and relegated to uh, you know a series of three and outs and punts and and ugliness, and unable unable to uh, perpetuate any kind of success. Uh, this year we saw more of that. I mean, they had a lot of razzle dazzle, very exciting elements to it. Uh, that eighty four yard uh, catch and run by by Jalen Wano uh, was spectacular. The kind of thing that. We hadn't seen around here since Clayton and Duper. So uh, that that component of the game uh, was very good. And I want to believe in Mike McDaniel. I, I, I think, you know, in terms of uh, his approach to people and uh, the game and, and what the game means and all of this stuff, I, I, I think he's great, right? Uh, could really develop. But from a strategic standpoint, uh, starting to show some holes. And, and, and that could be obviously complicated by the fact that maybe his team isn't as good as we thought they were. Because they're just not well-rounded enough. Uh, you know, they're, they're just missing something. That They run the ball well, and then they go away from it. Uh, they pass the ball well, and then all of a sudden, they can't complete a pass. And uh, unfortunately, in this last game, uh, they completed three straight to the other team, which uh, was, I mean, uh, among four turn. What was that, five turnovers in a game? Uh, to yeah, throw four. three picks or three, four? Three interceptions and a fumble. Oh, yeah, three in a row. Yeah, Fucking right. Mostert fumble, which changed everything. And a Mostert fumble. Now, people are all over that. Uh, you know, Mayo uh, was on this long Stephen A. Smith rant uh, yesterday on the food show, like Mayo's lunchbox. Uh, and, and boy, did he turn serious, right, all of a sudden. And he, he was like uh, saying the turning point in the game was the Mostert fumble. I, I, I didn't believe that to be the case. And, and Mostert isn't the kind of running back that fumbles a lot. In fact, no, he's not. That, that has not been a problem that has plagued the Miami Dolphins, uh, worrying about whether or not your uh, running backs can hang on to the football. And it would not have made me shy away from the running game in the second half. Usually, too, though, if a team is losing, you always hate it when, uh, you know, they're down like two two touchdowns. And I, I hate now, I, there's a term that really bothers me whenever, uh, you know, announcers go to the, it's a two-possession game. I know, I know you hate that. I say that all the time. No, but I mean, it might be a 12-possession game. I, I I don't know. How do you know they're going to get two scores, uh, you know, right away? And then w- which scores are we talking about? Are we talking about two field goals? Are we talking about a field goal and a touchdown? It that depends. this whole business that it's a two-score game. 
is very, uh, you know, very vague, is it not? I mean, and yet it's so prominent as a cliche now. Everybody loves it. I was watching uh, some bowl game, and the announcer was actually pretty good. Uh, some nondescript guy that got assigned to the Schmenk Bowl. And I, I wasn't really familiar with his work. And I thought, wow, this guy's got a little bit of life. Uh, you know, he, he's doing a pretty good job on the play-by-play. He knows when to get excited. He's not screaming the entire time like Gus Johnson. And, um, you know, you're, you're thinking this guy's pretty good. But but over and over again, he kept talking about a two-score game. It's a two-score game. It could be a two-score game. It's a two-score game. And it's like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, they're they're down, you know, Whatever, 11 points. I, I don't know. Is that really a two-score game? That, that seems like it's more like a three-score game at that point because you got to make the touchdown, convert a two, which is not easy, about a 50-50 play versus, say, what, 90-some-odd percent of extra points are made. And uh, then you need a field goal, which is a different type of score. So I, I don't know. It, I it know bothers me whenever it. people say I say it all the time. <laughs> I mean, we're capable of doing the math, right? Especially if you're a degenerate. You're, you're factoring in a lot of other uh, components into the equation. I mean, uh, you know, there are so many permutations of how you can get screwed when you're betting a football game. Although last night was not one of them. Because as soon as I saw Nick Falls out there, and uh, I thought, wow, unless this guy can somehow, uh, you know, drum up the magic that he had with the Philadelphia Eagles several years ago. And I was trying to figure out how many years ago was that that he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl? Five? Ancient, right? Yeah. He was great that year. I mean, that, that particular year, uh, you know, he was fantastic. Who, who, who was he replacing, Falls? Carson Wentz? Yes. Uh, with the, uh, Carson Eagles? Wentz, yeah. good job of you, yes. Okay. He, he was dynamite, and you would have thought, wow, I mean, you, you would want to sign this guy. They didn't. They kept Wentz, and uh, subsequently, he has become a journeyman. It's not uncommon, Luby. A lot of quarterbacks that are highly regarded become journeymen very quickly. Look at Baker Mayfield, right? Journeyman, now all of a sudden, you're thinking he's going to be the future starter. In Los Angeles oh, with God. the Rams. Uh, 2018 was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Okay, so it's only four years ago. Wow. And Wentz went from fallen. MVP candidate to, I don't know, is he still on the Commanders? Like, is he on Who's a that? roster? Carson Wentz? Like, Wentz, it's just, yes. It's just crazy. Uh, but like, uh, he's a uh, very distant consideration there. As uh, they uh, decided, uh, they went with Heineke, and then they're not even considering uh I think they, they did give, like, some lip service to the idea of bringing Wentz back if Heineke didn't get it together. All right, a uh, bunch of things happened uh, besides that. So, so anyway, the Dolphins leave the question unanswered. It's very much unanswered. My lean right now would be to say uh, I would have to see a lot more of Tua next year to uh, decide. So you're already in your fourth year with a quarterback, and you're really not sure that he's the guy. My, my uh, issue is I, I – <laughs> I don't have those questions. I think he did enough this year. I, I, I don't like what happened this last game, and I don't like what happened on the West Coast, but he showed me enough. My problem is the injuries. It is not just something that people are doing to hate on him. Like, the injuries are a real thing. And, yeah, other guys get injured. They do. But they seem to sustain it. Like, this guy, it's been every year he's going to miss three to five games. Like well, I don't know and, if every quarterback does that. It's not good that. when uh, you know you, you get breathed on and you have a concussion again. And and that's and the, and the concussion thing's a bad thing. Like the, yeah. that was never a thing that was an issue for him. That's now, it's if he does, first of all they haven't said he had one, but if he did have one, then that would be two officially and probably three. That first one where they said he didn't yeah. have one, we all think he had one. So He's that would be probably speaking be three. in Hebrew if he has two in more one hits year. That's not good. So that's the thing is I would probably use a draft pick on a quarterback. 
if you have in the second round, if one of those guys like a Hendon Hooker is there, I mean, uh, they have a second. I think they have a second. Remember, they gave up a lot of their double picks, so I. I, I I think he's their guy, but the injuries scare the crap out of me. Like the, I, I wouldn't be afraid it. to come back with him next year, and, and I would probably come back with two with the same uh, you know semi high hopes that I had uh, for him this year. And uh, as I said, he's an easy guy to root for, a very likable guy. Nothing would be you know better for uh, Dolphin fans to actually uh, see this work out and not have to worry about it, not have it be a concern anymore, and maybe get some uh, beefed up uh, talent on the offensive line uh, to help out. Certainly, he knows how to throw the ball over the middle of the field, but, uh, you know, you you can't be a one-trick pony. He has had some success throwing deep. His deep ball passing has not been overwhelmingly impressive. His guys have been so wide open that they usually have had to wait for the ball, but he he can sling it. Uh, His running instincts and pocket instincts uh, don't seem to be uh, overwhelmingly great, and and this business of uh, telegraphing those last three passes, one was just an overthrow. Uh, the other two, I mean, uh, it, it turned out that uh, Green Bay's defense had figured it out. And, uh, you know, th- that was not uh, something that wasn't revealed uh, when he was on that road trip in the three-game losing streak, that if you uh, compress the middle of the field and force him to throw outside, you have a far better chance of derailing uh, any success that Tua would have uh, than you do if you just allow him to throw the ball to Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill over the middle, but which, uh, you know, is exactly where they feast in terms of uh, being able to make yards after the catch. So uh, very suspect there. They have the Patriots on the road this week with Teddy Bridgewater possibly starting. Uh, Bridgewater was not successful. I, I thought it was a good move to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, but he hasn't really distinguished himself as being a backup quarterback. Well, remember that he got – then he, even if he was good or not, he got the thing that they thought was a concussion, but it wasn't a concussion. Yeah. And he was kicked out of a game because of the spotter dude. <laughs> I, I put him in there like slightly ahead of Jacoby Brissett. He's supposed to be a uh, reliable backup guy. He's supposed to be because uh, he had that one uh, big year. Or was it just one year with Minnesota where he really looked like he was going to develop into a star? And it was yeah, kind yeah. of an improbable development yeah. in that direction because uh, a lot of people thought Teddy Bridgewater was not going to be much as a pro quarterback, uh, and, and he started out kind of slowly. Then, then he blossomed in that one season. What, what did Minnesota have a big dynamic running game? I want to say yes to yeah, that. I, I must have and that helped him out immensely. But but he acquitted himself very well as a starting quarterback. And you thought, wow, this guy is moving into, uh, I don't know about upper, upper echelon, but certainly uh, top third in the league in terms of starting quarterbacks. And, you know, he hasn't really he done much since. He had injury. that devastating injury. He had a leg injury. And that derailed and, uh, him. really hasn't been the same guy after that, right? You may as well bring back He Rich was a good game manager guy for the Saints and the Broncos, so it made Dolphins fans think, thank goodness we have a real backup. I, I thought it was a good idea to get him, no? And I then mean, whenever uh, he's come in, he's been in. Like, he was yeah. uber average to the point where you wanted Skylar Thompson, but then Skylar Thompson just, talking about throwing away a game versus Jets, he was abysmal. And literally, in a game that they should have won, he just handed, and the Jets weren't good, and he just handed it over. So, I don't know. I Like, to me, I'd like to see Bridgewater, hoping that he can just feed off the run game, because the run game is a lot better now than it was then. I, I don't know what to do with the Dolphins. I'm so at a yeah. loss. <laughs> like, well, and the Patriots, uh, you know, also have a lot of incentive, right? They still have a shot to make yes, the postseason. They, um, they obviously, uh, you know, uh, Belichick hates the Dolphins organization, because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, he's chasing Shula. The only reason he's still coaching is because he wants to destroy Don Shula's memory and legacy. <laughs> he, he doesn't give a flying one about anything else. And, uh, no, I mean, uh, obviously he, he can coach. And if anybody can uh, pick out another team's weakness and, and capitalize on it and compromise their chances of doing anything uh, to combat, uh, you know, th- th- that problem that uh, everything that's wrong with the team is recognizable, 
uh, it would be Belichick. So um, we'll see. Uh, that's no cinch. You're sitting there with the tickets on our recommendation. Over under for the season of nine. That Remember, was we, we almost uh, were shocked when John Kajemi, our yep. uh, football analyst here, and, of course, the uh, man responsible for uh, connecting us with Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill uh, in Key Largo. Uh, we can't thank him enough for that. I mean, Kajemi's a great guy, and he knows what he's talking about. But remember how uh, tepid he was, reluctant he was to embrace our concept that there's no way that the Dolphins could win less than nine games this year. No Yeah, he thought eight, eight and a half. He really was weary of going over, and I thought, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, they added all and then stuff. we talked him into thinking that it was going to happen. Yes. And then they were eight and three. Yes. And uh, wow, I mean, to end if they end the season on a six game skid, which is not entirely out of the question. Oh no, right now, I, I think they're a better team than the Jets. The Jets have gone back to Mike White at quarterback. Uh, Zach Wilson, after coming back, is now inactive for this game. He sucks. He, that's, he's what people treat Tua as. <laughs> like Tua has yeah. a bad game or a bad half. Zach Wilson's just bad. Like it's it's. Ugh, my God. He, he he doesn't get it. He's not ready for this uh, at this point. Just not ready to uh, play pro football. Uh, which, uh, you know, I, and I don't know that there's, uh, I mean, if you look at the uh, Jets had Sam Darnold in there, he, he was going to be a savior. Uh, he, he didn't do well with Adam Gase. Uh, they, uh, you know, I've tried a lot of different things at the quarterback position, but, uh, you know, this guy seems further away than any of them from from uh, being successful. Now, he's only been in the league, what, this it's is his second uh, year. It's his second his year. Second year. But, I mean, but uh, he, he doesn't look as polished as some of the other guys that came in with him. That, that's for sure. Yeah, look at the and, Lions. Uh, you know, in fact, it, he would be scary playing this way uh, at, at any time in his career. I mean, it's just uh, really bad. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any kind of connection with what needs to be done to be a professional quarterback. All right, I, I wanted to get into this. I did a little research on the show. Oh, okay, here. look we, at you. You'll be happy about I'm that. I'm proud of you. Okay, so I, I didn't know. I had to look it up. Uh, you know, I had, I had no idea who the uh, general manager was of the Denver Broncos, who fired their coach, Nathaniel Hackett, yesterday, who seemed to be completely – uh, inept and miscast in the role of head coach uh, very early in the season. I remember watching uh, like one of the Thursday night games or something, and he, he made a bunch of stunningly stupid moves in terms of play calling with Russell Wilson, who, uh, you know, and I wish we could dig up this clip, Louie. I don't know if you saved that uh, Buzz Bissinger interview we had. I have it. Yeah, you, you're going to have to dig that out because I think it's going to be significant, uh, not only for the remainder of the season, but for the entire offseason. How Russell Wilson is absolutely a shot fighter at this point. Now, Bissinger said he was never a great quarterback, that uh, many of his flaws were disguised by the fact that uh, Pete Carroll's a great coach when it comes to this sort of thing, and, and that Seattle just happened to have a dynamite team around him. Uh, he did make some spectacular plays. I, I, I don't know that I would go Bissinger on this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I hate to disagree man. with the buzzer, man, because uh, he, he's a giant Seattle fan, and he lives uh, outside of Seattle in some rural area of Washington. This is the accomplished author. I mean, very sophisticated guy for us to be talking to, but he, he's also a big sports fan. And I was surprised during that interview. Was that one of those ones where we only had like eight minutes with the guy? He spent seven talking about how bad Russell Wilson is. If it wasn't eight minutes. And about a, a minute on his time. book, which it was about uh, that uh, game uh, that the uh, service people had while they were involved in like the Vietnam War or something. Yeah. It was a short battle time of something. Yeah. Yes. It was a good, uh, good story. But uh, I, I was surprised, right? Because usually a guy, you know, will throw a sports question at some guy and sometimes they run with it. John Grisham certainly ran with it because he was a big sports fan. And so, you know, and it's always nice when you get this kind of crossover conversation with a guy, uh, you know, that that comes from, you know, another intellectual genre, let's say. Yes. Uh, Mary uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, when he got off yes. on the whole Kyrie, Kyrie. Irving thing. I mean, yeah. it was 
kind of interesting, uh, the way that he put everything into perspective. And, and the same thing with Bissinger. But, but he could not have said enough disparaging things about Russell Wilson as a football player. And, you know, you're looking going, my God, he can't be that bad. I mean, I saw him make some monster plays while he was with Seattle. And yet he comes to Denver and absolutely stinks. <laughs> now, you might have thought that it was discord with the coach, but I, I don't know that that was entirely the story because it seems like his drop-off in talent from whatever it was that he had before is more than significant. So in that regard, Louie, this guy George Patton makes a trade and it may go down as the worst trade in sports history. If you factor in the subsequent $245 million, uh, much of which I would imagine is guaranteed money, signing. So you, you compounded the situation. You pulled a Mike Tannenbaum. You uh, embraced Mark Sanchez, and then you gave him a big, fat, extended contract. Yes. When it was pretty clear that uh, he was suspect at best as being responsible for any success at Rex Ryan and those jet teams that went to the two AFC title games we're having. And Tannenbaum did All the right. same thing with Tannehill. When Tanny Hill was a question mark, he's like, no, yeah. we're going to double down. Let's give him a couple hundred million <laughs> dollars. Big-ass deal. Yeah. Well, he's made a lot of money for being a mediocre yes. quarterback. And now they love him Imagine as an analyst. I mean, he also got another like, $68 million deal for a couple of years. All right, uh, so, so if you look up uh, at, at Google now, it, it used to be fun because you would have to remember this stuff. And, and you would have a conversation with a guy. And the two most common lopsided trades that uh, were ever discussed in my lifetime when I was a big baseball fan, where we were Jim Fregosi for Nolan Ryan, that was an atrocity. You, you had Fregosi, who was an established but older shortstop. You were going to move him to third base, and uh, it turned out that uh, his decline came rapidly after that trade. And Nolan Ryan, who was uh, scattering the ball all over the place. I mean, nobody knew that Nolan Ryan was going to become Nolan Ryan at that That's point. so funny. Yeah. I mean, Nolan Ryan was you know, also a guy that you had to have suspicions about going into every start when he was a Met because uh, you guys will recall, I mean, uh, he, he might have had worse control than uh, one of my fabled uh, wild pitching uh, references, not Mitch Williams, but Ryan Durant, who had these giant like Coke bottle lenses for glasses and uh, routinely would throw a ball to the top of the backstop and, and then come back and hit a guy. And, and, and everybody was afraid to stay in there against him because he threw the ball for the time, I mean, about as fast, he had as much heat as anybody. Ryan Durant, former New York Yankee, wild as a possible uh, as you could possibly be. But uh, Nolan Ryan was in that category. I mean, he he would walk six guys uh, in in succession and uh, not be able to find the uh, strikes on uh, with the search warrant. I mean, unbelievable. And then he gets traded and he blossomed. I mean, he got control and commanded a fastball. He had a dynamite breaking ball. A lot of people forget about that. Uh, you know, uh, much like Doc Gooden. I mean, when he threw uh, Sir Charles or Lord Charlie, whatever that was, uh, nobody was hitting the breaking ball off of Nolan Ryan. And I had the pleasure of viewing this close up from the press box there when he was with the Angels for many, many, many nights. And the good news was you were going to make your deadline because Ryan was going to get you out of there quickly. He wasn't walking 100 guys a game. Still issued a lot of walks. But uh, he was going to strike out like 13 when that was uncommon. And uh, he, he found a way to be around the strike zone. And the curveball was absolutely devastating, Louie. So, so that was very lopsided. But uh, it was more lopsided in the eventuality than it was at the time. Uh, and Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio was my other favorite one. Ernie Brolio, a 20-game winner with the Cardinals. Lou Brock was like a 260 hitter with the Cubs. You would have thought that the Cubs got the better end of that deal. Lou Brock goes on, has a Hall of Fame career, and lights up the baseball world. One of the most exciting, entertaining players that you'll ever see. Great leadoff hitter. Uh, was a catalyst for a tremendous success for the Cardinals of that era, who also had a, a great team around him. 
Remember that one year uh, they sent their entire infield to the uh, All Star game. Well, they still have Musial, and they had Gibson still, right? I presume. Gibson, yeah, yeah. I presume. Jesus, what a team. Oh my God. Anyway, they, they, they were unbelievable. Yeah, Ken Boyer was no slouch. Boyer they were third was base. As a ba- their base they had Dick Grote at shortstop. He was excellent. Also a top-notch basketball player, college basketball player, Dick Grote. What uh, was excellent. Julian Javier at second base and Bill White at first. So, uh, and Tim McCarver behind the plate. Think about that. They also had a guy just checked out recently, one of my favorite pitchers. Uh, left-hander Kurt Simmons just uh, passed away. Kurt Simmons, you remember this guy? I don't know him. Uh, he was probably the number two starter there uh, behind Bob Gibson uh, in that era of Cardinal baseball. How did we end up with the Cardinals in the mid-60s? I, I don't know. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, because we were talking about like bad shitty trades, trades right? about bad trades. So you're, we're yeah. working it back to Russell Wilson as he actually All right, so, so if you look at uh, – if you Google it, right? I mean, we used to just have trades that we yes, knew. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, the Joe Barry Carroll thing in basketball uh, looms large on the list. I, I didn't see it listed. On uh, you know the, these Google lists of the but they worst forget trades. about the Kareem and the uh, Larry Bird, uh, not Larry Bird. Kareem, uh, uh, yeah, when Kale. Kareem was traded, uh, what was it? Brian Winters, Dave Myers, yes. and Junior Bridgman they forget went to about Milwaukee. That. that was another one of those selling jobs in L.A. Where uh, you know I, I was in L.A. at the time, uh, and then Dave Myers was a very popular player uh, out of UCLA. Unfortunately, his sister might have been a more accomplished pro. I was going to say, Andy. well, she was a more accomplished pro, but. Uh, and then didn't Dave Myers become the GM of the Cavaliers and bury them uh, as well? Well, was that Dave Myers that did that? I, I want to say uh, yes. He he uh, became the GM of the uh, Cavaliers. Check that out uh, for me, Libby. I might have that confused, but uh, you know, we're really testing my memory here, going back fifty years with all this stuff. <laughs> but but if you Google the worst trades in sports history, the number one uh, you know bad trade of all time would have to be what? I mean, uh, it's it's an automatic. It's a given. This is one of those things uh, like it's on the SATs. It's a given. That when the Red Sox gave up the Bambino for money to finance a a bad Broadway show in No Known Annette. I don't know if there were any other considerations there. It might have been, you know, it might have been strictly cash. I mean, you would have to say that that was monumentally a a, a classic. I mean, bozoic. And it led to a curse. I mean, you know, think about that, Luby. Yep. It led to a long term. Like, how many years was the curse of the Bambino? Impacting the Red Sox right, until they finally broke through. <laughs> Two thousand five, right from like the nineteen twenties. It's almost a hundred years. What are you talking about? So that's a runaway winner. You, you can't dispute that. The worst trade in sports history was the Bambino being sold to the Yankees for money to finance uh, a really uh, horseshit play. Broadway yeah, play. Really bad play. Yeah. Ugly, right? All right. So that's number one. I, I did not. Uh, you know, I forgot about this one. Uh, Doctor J being sold uh, for three million dollars. He was uh, sold as an NBA commodity uh, for like $3 million, I, I think, from the uh, Nets at the time. They they, they were strapped, cashed, uh, cash strapped, and uh, strapped, cashed? No, it would be the other way. If you were strapping cash, you would have cash strapped to your leg. They were cash strapped, yes. They were cash strapped. And, uh, you know, I mean, the ABA was always on the brink of disaster, swimming in a, a huge sea of red ink uh, the entire time and just hoping to get absorbed by the NBA at that point and uh, get some salvation for some of the teams and maybe compensation for those guys that uh, were walking around uh, without owning the shirt on their back anymore that uh, formerly were uh, zillionaires, kind of a bankman free type of thing if you were an ABA owner in uh, most cities. Though some of them made out like bandits, as we pointed out many times with those brothers that own the St. Louis uh, spirit. Tremendous business acumen to pull out that deal. I mean, but you have to have balls, right? I mean, you know, that's not something you're banking on something that looks so ridiculously bad as a proposition 
uh, the NBA guys were probably thinking, wow, we really got over on those stupid brothers. <laughs> Show me state my ass. treasure on TV. <laughs> Um, this one's kind of a weird one, but, uh, you know, it doesn't reek uh, of being like one of the worst trades of all time. But Kyle Carver, did you know this, was uh, traded for a copy machine at one point. <laughs> he literally was. Uh, he went from the uh, Nets, the Nets involved again, to uh, Philadelphia, I, it looks like. And uh, they, they traded him for a copy machine. How much they they traded him for cash, and they used the money to buy a copy machine. That was Kyle Carver, <laughs> the uh, three-point shooting uh, expert. That's weird. Uh, Ricky Williams for an entire draft. Yeah, uh, that could be. All right. Yeah. But most people would point uh, also, I mean, you know, subsequent to the babe, you would point to the Herschel Walker deal as being one of the worst trades in history. Now, yes. Herschel Walker was a legitimate, uh, outstanding commodity. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did a little research. Louis. You'll find this surprising because uh, I think this uh, Russell Wilson trade by George Patton who fired his coach and got a ringing endorsement from the Walmart people who bought the team for four point six billion dollars, my friend. You think Mayo's going to be enjoying those low egg prices after this, uh, you know, bomb that they're laying here with the uh, Denver Broncos and the Russell Wilson deal? But I, I, I do believe it, it might be the worst trade in uh, sports history uh, in its ultimate outcome. All right, so uh, Herschel goes to Minnesota. He actually had a and, decent career. People forget that. People, yeah, no, he was, he was a good ball player. He ended There's up playing no well with the Vikings. Yeah. He just wasn't Emmett Smith. But he ended up playing really well. <laughs> like, he wasn't just a bust like these other trades. Minnesota got a, a bunch of draft picks as part of it. Uh, they, they were, you know, uh, lower round draft picks for the most part. Uh, I don't know that I remember any of these guys. You remember Mike Jones? No. Reggie Thornton? No. He was a fifth round pick. Pat Newman? No. Tenth round pick. Jake Reed in 1991. Yes, Jake Reed was really good and played was really good for a long time, actually. Okay. So he also came to uh, Minnesota in that deal. All right, and that will put them behind what happened here with Russell Wilson, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. At least uh, Dallas uh, ended up getting players, uh, existing players, Jesse Solomon, mm-hmm. David Solomon. Howard, Isaac him. Holt, Alex Stewart, yeah. and Darren Nelson, who refused to report, so they uh, traded him subsequently to uh, San Diego yeah. at the time. Uh, they used their draft picks, however, uh, very expertly and, and did a lot of maneuvering, including moving up, combining uh, the selections that they got. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe you should have sent this list to uh, Chris Greer. Jimmy should have been around. Think Jimmy hangs around the offices there, Jimmy Johnson? No, we could use them. Uh, they, they picked up, uh, among the players they picked up in the draft, Emmett Smith. Yep. All right, which uh, obviously was a franchise changer for them. Darren Woodson was another guy that they yep. uh, drafted with these selections. Alvin Harper. Yep. What was somebody they managed to uh, squeeze out of this uh, cachet of draft picks that they accumulated back? And Russell Maryland. There you go. Who they drafted number one overall, which a lot of people thought uh, that, that's insane. Russell Maryland wow. certainly didn't look like the top player coming out of college, but he had a very functional pro career. Would you agree? Uh, he was a linchpin of that defense that became one yeah. of the best defenses in football. Okay. So th- that's pretty lopsided. Yes, yes, no? yes. It is. Here's what's involved. Here's what's involved in the uh, trade for uh, Russell Wilson. I, th- th- this, I think, will cripple the uh, Denver Broncos for years to come. That, well, that's the thing is the team that lost the trade ended up winning. Like Geno Smith is playing better than Russell Wilson on a way cheaper deal. And they're they, having a better they get year. Tons too. of picks and they have a better record. <laughs> yeah, by far. <laughs> but go on. They're, they're still, you know, quasi playoff. In the playoffs, no, no. And the, yeah. the NFC is a disaster outside of the top three teams. Like they have a uh, shot. I believe, I believe they have to win this week, uh, right? Against Green Bay. Did they play Green Bay? Whoever wins that game? I'm not sure. I'm making stuff up now. 
All right. So uh, in a Russell Wilson trade, the Broncos got Wilson, who's horrible. I mean, looks to be completely finished, and you would want to cut ties with Russell Wilson right away. Uh, do we factor in that they also gave him a long-term contract for $245 million, which you would have to think will be, what, is half of that guaranteed? I mean, well, if you saw what thing. happened with Deshaun Watson and you were Russell Wilson, would you not you would think have held up the Denver Broncos on the long-term agreement for a substantial portion of guaranteed money? So let's say it's even $150 million, which would be $50 million a year for three years that you don't want this guy. Can you oh, imagine? my God. <laughs> all guaranteed? No, not all. $161 million is guaranteed. All right, we were close on that, man. I should be oh an NBA. Oh, my God, that's more than I mean, that. an NFL agent here. Oh, my God. That's like 60-something percent. i check this out and see uh, what this game actually that's is uh, that we're uh, talking about the here. Seahawks play the Jets, by the way. The Seahawks, play Seahawks the Jets. Jets. Okay. So uh, that's the thing. If the Dolphins beat the Patriots and the Jets lose to the Seahawks, which is feasible, the Dolphins clinch a playoff spot. That was something I was actually very highly looking at until yesterday's news. I think, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, uh, obviously, it was going to be difficult, I think, uh, playing in New England anyway, uh, yes. especially coming off a four-game skid where it's now in your head that, uh, hey, we're finding ways to lose ball yes. games, which uh, yes. they did. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you'd say that in the Buffalo game. That, that was a pretty good shootout all the way. Both teams acquitted themselves very well. Uh, th- this game was, was very unfortunate to lose that game in yeah, that fashion. Yeah, you were at home. And, you, you know, as we said, I know I didn't know the guy was seeing bugs, but uh, – you know, when he got the ball with two minutes left, the mark of a good quarterback yes. is uh, at least get your team in a position to have a shot to win the game. Don't give the ball back right away on a turnover and, uh, yeah. you know, deflate everybody's hopes that uh, we were going to see something dramatic happen there at the end. All right, so the Broncos get Wilson and a fourth-round pick. Louis, are you following this? Yes. Okay, and uh, the Seattle Seahawks got players. Um, you know, Drew Locke uh, was uh, nothing to, uh, you know, write home about. Don't know much about Shelby Harris. Is he any good? The defensive tackle, Shelby Harris. Noah Fant at tight end. It seems to me I've seen Noah Fant make a a few plays this year. No, he's good. All right. Now, here's where it really gets uh, ridiculous, right? They they get a first and second round pick uh, coming up in this year's draft. First and second. And they get a first and second in the 2023 draft. Well, and what makes those even more valuable, because if you're the Broncos, you're thinking, well, we're going to be making the playoffs and winning the division so those picks don't matter that much. The Broncos suck. <laughs> so those picks now are like top 10. <laughs> be very high picks, right? Both first and second round this year. Looks like they're doomed for next year, too. I, I don't oh, know yeah. how Denver's going to turn this around. They're, they're, you know, so heavily invested in a losing proposition that, um, you know, it's like you're stuck 300 at the track and you're trying to get out on a mule race, uh, you know, at the uh, Barrington Fair. <laughs> I really did. I bet mules with my last dollars. I, Didn't I, even I realize. I doubt it. At the Fairplex one day when I was at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, I remember feeling like a complete idiot. And then my, you know, the mules don't necessarily run in a straight line. They only run a short distance. And obviously they run slower than horses. But they have a mind of their own, stubborn as a, <laughs> as a mule. So it's not uncommon for the mule to either not leave the gate at all or uh, just leave the track. <laughs> Make like a right turn into the stands and start kicking people. And you're thinking, do I have the one? Oh, yeah, that's him. He's on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, there you have it. And they also get a fifth-round pick in 2022. So even if you threw the fifth-round pick out, uh, first and a second, two years in a row. 
plus uh, a couple of players, uh, Noah Fant, who, who's made some plays he's player, for him. Yeah, he's legit. And uh, they got rid of Russell Wilson and didn't have to pay Russell Wilson, which yes. is another consideration because uh, they're getting better mileage out of Geno Smith, who started out uh, very, very efficient and uh, has tailed off some yeah. of late, which is another thing that, that you look at whenever uh, people fall in love with the backup quarterback, comes in, has a big ball game, provides the team with a spark. Rallies may be uh, the club for a victory. The injury to the starter is minor, but he's not particularly uh, a giant fan favorite. There are suspicions about him like Tua. Everybody falls in love with the backup. And the problem is the reason the guy's a backup is because he cannot sustain it. Yeah. A very difficult thing to do over the course of the 17 games but without having more than one stinker. Let's yeah. put it that way. Well, that's the thing is because people like me like to point out Herbert's had his moments. Burrow literally this Saturday – did everything he could to lose. It's just the Patriots have Mac Jones, whereas the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Um, but it's not four games. It's okay. They have a game here. They have a half here. They have a quarter. And even in those games that they play bad, they finish strong. Like that's the difference between them and what Tua has done this last month. Oh yeah. And you want to be able to put pressure on teams. I mean, uh, you know, Brady still does this to some extent, even though he's played horribly this year. Uh, but uh, he still puts pressure on teams when, when uh, the Buccaneers, and it's been demonstrated now three times, where the Buccaneers are somehow hanging in a game that they've played uh, just pathetically in. And then Brady has rallied them uh, with a late drive to uh, come away with the victory. Uh, and actually made a couple of late drives in that one ball game uh, where uh, they came back from what? Like they were down 16-3 or something. And they ended up winning 17-16. A couple of late touchdowns inside the final few minutes. Todd Bowles looks like he, he's just along for the ride, doesn't he? Doesn't he look like a kid? He looks lost. watching a fireworks show or something. He looks lost. Just there on the sideline, like stunned. Unbelievable. So uh, a lot to be decided, though, uh, last couple of weeks in the NFL, including the future of the Miami Dolphins. Well, well, we'll get into some of that, and the bowl games are on top. The big ones are coming up. Finally. December 30th, right? Is uh, What is it? Uh, going to be Saturday night? Yes. Saturday oh, night. No, no, yeah. you mean the uh, playoff games. For the, the, playoff for the two games, big semifinal games. I think they're in New Year's Eve. They're usually New Year's Eve. So whenever the fuck, New, New Year's Eve is Saturday, then yes, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. There you go. Uh, I'm still thinking Michigan uh, for Red Garcia. I, I, I don't know. People have been knocking Michigan all year. And um, I, I think they're going to handle TCU. I just do. I, I, I wouldn't be overwhelmingly surprised. I mean, am I going to, you know, have a heart attack or something if TCU wins? Uh, wouldn't shock me, but uh, that that game would probably be well. I mean, a lot of people are you know all of a sudden saying, "Well, don't overlook Ohio State either against Georgia." Georgia looked vulnerable a couple of times this year, but for the most part, was a dominant team. Yes, and again, Ohio that's State. the they've won a lot syndrome. So at some point, sometimes teams just sort of slack off, knowing that when they're playing in Arkansas or Missouri. As long as they win, that's all that matters. So they can sort of screw around and then find a way to win, and they don't. It doesn't really matter because they had no I'm trouble in the SEC. Milk of magnesia here, milk of magnesia. I, I, I'm gargling with chalk. I agree with you, actually. Pepto freaking bismol. At least it has a little <laughs> bit of a mint flavor there, and uh, there's a likelihood you'll take a dump after. Thank you. Is is that what Pepto bismol? No, it coats your stomach so that you uh, don't have so diarrhea. Don't is that the deal? I, I don't know. It always grossed me out the pink and the gooeyness. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you had some Pepto bismol? I usually go to Rollies or Tums. They're easy. I Pepto bismol grossed me out growing up. It was like a none of that thing. stuff uh, works for me. Um, yeah, no, it's been a long time since I've uh, engaged or indulged in any of that kind of thing, which is good. Now I just need to, uh, you know, find out that I can walk again and. Uh, <laughs> 
like uh, ready to go on a Jerry Lewis telethon with this broken toe. Huh? <laughs> Look at us, we're walking. I don't mean to make light of uh, people that have serious illness, uh, but Jerry was uh, quite a trip on those telethons. Those Remember, I, I, he always tried. He, he looked like wasted <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> Like he'd been up for 48 hours. <laughs> like sweating. He was disheveled. Schwitzing. I think he just dumped water on his face, you know. And then he would open up the tuxedo. And he was like, you know, the tie was always yep. like Rodney Dangerfield-esque. Yep. Okay. We got another check here. Look at this beautiful. Uh, these little kids from the fire department. Uh, District 107.3. Uh, $8.62. They went out. They sold some lemonade. Thank you very much. There is Diana Shore. It's like, what? All right, um, we're going to come back with more. Tony's going to join us today, Tony Segreto. We had to uh, flip around uh, the dates there with uh, Tony Segreto in old school, which is cool. Uh, so Tony's going to be with us about 8 o'clock. And hey, we'll get into, uh, you know, what's going on because uh, uh, he's in town. And, uh, you know, it probably has, I don't know. I mean, what, what does he do before the Orange Bowl? We'll find out because he's on the committee. So what, what uh, they have to be entertaining and hobnobbing. I mean, I hope Tony's ready to eat a lot of little hot dogs in the jackets. Tony doesn't look like he uh, is the type that dives for the first tray of appetizers oh, that comes no. out well, at, at an affair, no? No, he's Very usually working the room. He's usually working Did he room. even eat at that? I mean, I know he was running that charity yeah, dinner there, the uh, night in Italy, night in Rome. Night which in Rome. Was, I, I mean, you know what? And I have to say, after being in Rome, tremendous job by Segreto. Yeah, they, tremendous. he really matched it after yes. I've also been in Rome now, yep. He gave you the feeling, and he had the right guy there on the microphone doing the DJing with the tall Italian, of course, Tom Caminiti. Very enjoyable time there. And that Mimi's ravioli comes as close to, like, uh, you know, food you would get from yep. Italy as anybody. Anthony Bruno uh, certainly is no slouch. You know, when he starts slapping some meatballs together, you know they're going to be pretty good. But, uh, no, uh, good job there by Tony Segreto. But I, I would imagine he has to do some serious high-end hobnobbing, right? He is, after all, Tony Segreto. 100%. A local broadcasting icon and internationally acclaimed yep. uh, broadcaster. And, you know, he, he doesn't mind. I'm, Tony really excels at rubbing elbows with the biggest of shots. Yes. Uh, have you noticed that? Like, if it's Magic and Larry Bird, they, they right away take to Tony. Whereas uh, if it was like Jim Gray that was moderating the thing. <laughs> you know, Birdman wasn't going to be saying anything. So Magic would have had to carry the entire load. Probably try to sell you some insurance policy while he was at it also. All right, uh, Tony's going to join us in just a few minutes here. Hylia Park is another place that Tony Zagretto and I uh, warmly embrace. Uh, big things happen in New Year's Eve. Check it out, uh, HyliaPark.com. The New Year's Eve dinner is going to be a spectacular big party, and uh, I, I believe it may even be like a family affair. I, I think uh, kids might be welcome alone. Do you really want kids when you're uh, you know, drinking your eyeballs out there? Uh, I, and I, I don't do New Year's Eve big a- anymore. I, I, I've done it a couple of times. Uh, you know, I, at one point, uh, I remember going to some fancy schmancy. I can't remember the name of the place. Mayo would remember it. I'm not sure they're still in action anymore. But uh, it was a very expensive high-end joint on South Beach uh, that uh, was a big party place. And we went there one night. It was like 500 a head. Can you imagine, Louie? Oh, and it's always hit or miss. That's my problem is, like, you'll spend a lot of money. You, it's a bitch to park. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And then it's To put a little stupid board. cone-shaped exactly. hat on. It they don't like give you drinks. They don't give you a... F- yeah. That's why at least highly a park, I know what I'm getting. Like, if I was going to go out, which I usually don't on New Year's, yeah. I would be happy going there because I know what I'm getting there every single time. And, and they're not going to hose you for a nickel. I mean, exactly. You might want to bring a nickel so you can play uh, the slot. Yeah, that's how See, see, there's nothing better than gambling on New Year's Eve, in my opinion. <laughs> if you're going to spend New Year's Eve, like, staying up late, like, till 3 in the morning, be playing craps or shooting craps, playing some roulette. 
even slot machines, for God's sake. Maybe you're sitting around nursing a couple of hundred dollars on the Let It Ride table. But whatever it is, uh, some late-night simulcasting takes you up until midnight. Uh, you can have yourself a ball and, and uh, really entertain yourself and think, I, I may be going out of 2022 broke, but at least I'm happy and, and having a good time. Now, at Hialeah, you have a good chance to get a jackpot. Imagine yes, you know, you scoring like win. 10, 15, 20 Gs. And one of those slot machines that have been paying such uh, giant jackpots. It's Steve Calibro, man. I think he wanted to make everybody happy in 2022 the way he calibrated these machines. Calibro, Calibrate kind of goes together and uh, very favorable for the players. Now, get a player's card and entitles you to all kinds of special things, including a generous allotment of free play and uh, discounts all over the place, free food and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that is a necessity. Just as soon as you walk in the door and get yourself a player's card. If you are like a high roller like the Mustang is uh, in, in other uh, gaming entities or with other gaming entities, they will honor that level. So the Mustang could go in there and, uh, you know, next thing you know, we're snapping our fingers and Frankie's sending a limo to pick us up and take <laughs> us back here to uh, Lighthouse Point or rather uh, Lauderdale by the sea. I don't even know where I live anymore, so that's not a good thing. Yeah, it's all the same, right? Walk across the street, you're at the beach. It's a good thing. See, I'm the kind of guy that digs the beach on a day like yesterday. I, I, I used to like that. Sure. I used to like to go out to uh, Jones Beach. Uh, maybe uh, it's the macabre component in my uh, psyche where darkness, hello, darkness, my old friend, is is, is part of the whole thing that, uh, you know, generates uh, your uh, hormones to get excited about stuff. Uh, you're going to get excited about Hylia Park. You're going to love it. You're going to love every second of it. Check out the New Year's Eve uh, uh, situation there. And then in 2023, a lot of big events on tap, including, and I want to be ringside for this one. I think I missed the last one, uh, the uh, El Boxeo that's going to be taking place there. And, and I did see a couple of the guys on that Showtime card nice. that are going to be featured on this card. And, and they can fight. I mean, they're, they're, well, the last they're card we went guys. to was great. Like They yeah. had like the last three or four fights consecutively. You only caught a couple of them. You had to go, but yeah. the professor and I stayed to the end. There was four in a row that were really good. Well, you know, Louis DeCubis isn't bringing over a bunch of stiffs here. I mean, uh, at this point in his career, does he really need to mess around with somebody that's not going to be going anywhere? No. So uh, they have some great fighters in the stable there. And uh, Louis and Leon, uh, who I've known forever, both of these guys are real credible uh, you know, people in the boxing game, which uh, isn't always the case. But, uh, you know, and, and there have been times where guys have staged late local shows here and, you know, casinos have put up big money for it, and they got completely hosed. Absolutely the opposite there, because uh, Frankie knows what he's doing, and so does everybody else involved with the promotion. And, and they really got it down, too, right? Uh, tell me that isn't one of the more well-run events that you've seen at a place which isn't really... I mean, it's not like this is a typical weekly boxing venue where you expect them to know what the heck's going on. Uh, they really have it down to a science there. It's absolutely fantastic. And yet, it, it's conducive to having nothing but a good time, right? You got guys like mariachi bands in the stands there when a guy comes in. I, I, I love all that shit. It's absolutely fantastic. So uh, looking forward to that. A lot of big things happening at Hylia Park in 2023. But uh, welcome in the new year at Hylia Park. I think you'll really enjoy it. And you can find out more about it at HyliaPark.com or on their Facebook page. All right. Uh, Tony is going to join us here in just a sec. Can you pop him up here? I want to see his handsome smiling face. The great. There he is. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> fighting out of the blue corner and hailing from Vermont by way of Miami, Florida. Tony, you look good, kid. How good are you? Good morning. Feeling great. Feeling great. Man. Thanks for the intro. Thank you. And thank you for flipping the uh, the day today. I'm actually uh, uh, flying in tomorrow for Orange oh, Bowl good. festivities. And then uh, I'll be back here, God willing, for New Year's Eve. So 
All right, good. we have a lot to discuss. Um, yeah. Of course, Tony's appearance here on the show brought to you by Catholic Health Services and the great people at Texas Roadhouse Restaurants. Uh, Ed Garcia also uh, going to weigh in here. Yes. And uh, Ed he has to be getting ready, huh? He'll, he'll be in full Michigan regalia, you think, uh, tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he will be. Uh, there is no question in my mind. <laughs> I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, he's in the restaurant business, and yet he has figured out a way to green screen in the Michigan logo on his appearances here on the show. So, uh, you know, and uh, hasn't Luby's background improved a lot since he moved into the new Luby mansion? Yeah, it's okay. It's better. You don't like it? I don't know what you guys think it's going to be. It's going to be Come on, I like it. It's going to have bobbleheads, maybe, but it's not going to be better. Tony, you, always with the kind words. It's better. He's... Listen, he's a high-end broadcaster. He's, it's, you know, he he can. No, he's high uh, when he's broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, no, he wishes he were high. <laughs> I, I can't see Tony Segretta walking outside the NBC studios and burning one before he goes on the air like we used no, to at WYOD. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. With the uh, wafting, so. uh, you know, uh, I mean, sweet smell of marijuana, just kind of wafting over from Channel 7 as well. I tell you what. So, I tell you what. If you, it depends on where you are, Vermont. It, well, it really doesn't depend. On Vermont, it. I would think, was I think a heavy Vermont, weed I mean, isn't that where? No, what no, no. no the from? point is, you can get a contact high pretty much. Yeah, isn't Ben and Jerry's oh, yeah. from that area? Isn't that one Ben and Jerry's? Or is that... like they smoke in church? Isn't in Vermont, Ben and Jerry's? I mean, like, from uh, there? they do not smoke in church. But they're like hippies. They'll, they'll, they'll smoke on the steps of the church. <laughs> exactly. I would be doing too. Uh, all right, we're going to come back with Tony in just a moment here on the show. Uh, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz, of course, Jeff DeForest. Great to be with you on this uh, last week yes, of uh, 2022. I don't know if we're going to uh, bust into some kind of year-ender. Maybe we'll share some of those thoughts uh, you know, uh, with Tony because um, that was always a tough one, right, when yeah. you had to get the year-ender together as a sports director there at NBC. That was a pain in the butt. <laughs> You tended to find a, find a favorable highlights. Yeah, I mean, which, that uh, was just a pain, a pain, a pain, a pain. But it's, you know. It, it, it goes back like a long way ago. Ref- I mean, I, it, I remember. It is a reflective time. Yeah. You know, it really is a reflective time. When, when you think about everything that's happened in this past year and what we've been through the last two and a half, three years between COVID and everything we're going People through. People are still getting COVID. Yeah. Our friend Andy. Uh, yeah. My sister has COVID. Yeah. No, really. Yeah, for their family yeah. has it for the third time. <laughs> Just when I thought it was safe to go outside, Tony. Just when I thought it was safe. So what's right. with you and the toe? Wait a minute. Uh, it's broken, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully healing up. It feels better than it did before. Uh, I'm wearing a weird shoe when I walk outside, but I'm not wearing it in the house. Um, but, it, but it feels like a, a lot of the swelling and, and the possible infection has probably dissipated. Nice. So uh, I'll know more today. I'm going for a uh, follow-up uh, Appointment with my buddy, uh, Dr. Jerry, who's a podiatrist. And, uh, but, but he is not immune to administering uh, pain. Uh, you know, he doesn't feel any pain, this guy. And I've noticed this guy. I play tennis with him every Monday for years, pretty much every Monday night. And he, he slowed down considerably. But um, I, I think there's a bitterness, an underlying bitterness with this man. And and I, I think, you know, subconsciously he takes it out on his patients. I'm not sure. I, I, I think that podiatrists are not Or maybe I just don't want anybody touching me. You know? What do you think, Tony? Is it me or him? I think it's you. If I were to bet, pretty yeah. pretty much pretty much a slam dunk for me. Not him. And it ain't him. It ain't him. Like, if you're a doctor, do you have to touch the spot that you know is going to send yeah. the guy through the roof? Yes, you have to test the spot. And go, do. is this the you spot? You do, though, yeah. how sensitive it is. <laughs> so, wait a minute, I'm looking at, we have, we, have, uh, we have bets on these games tonight? 
Uh, I'm looking uh, right now. What the games fa- are being played tonight, man? There's a lot of games today, NBA, actually. NHL. Oh, no, oh, today there's a lot game. of bowl games. Yeah, today there's a lot of bowl games. We actually get a decent bowl game later tonight, Wisconsin plays. Yeah. I've had some small wagers involved in these ball games, but uh, I would have to say to the this The professor point, is big on Georgia Southern. The, George, yeah. the Ken made sure to text me right now. Georgia Southern minus four, which they do play today. And they take on okay. Buffalo. So if you can get... Oh, yeah, yeah. We have Wisconsin, Oklahoma. Oh, Buffalo hasn't four. been able to practice for like two weeks. Since, That's the uh, thing. Blizzards. Oh, yeah. though, with those poor... Listen, we have That's 32 exactly. inches of snow. And yeah. oh, we still get some. I mean, we're still getting a little bit here and there. But those poor people in Buffalo, wow, they just got slammed. You would think they would be used to it, though. I mean, that's a spring. Yeah, but there's, you know, uh, Jeff, all all joking aside, you know, there are things you get used to. And then there are certain things that 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 just that's not something you get. A lot of of people checked out uh, as a result of of the winter storm deaths, like half of them were in Buffalo. Yeah. And they were a lot of them came from people just so cold. They were disoriented. Some just stayed in their car. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the accused was like that. I mean, you'd be yeah. going to oh, uh, know was, you know yeah. a, a final exam from the first semester, and and literally like screaming in fifty below wind chill that yeah. uh, you know it's just not worth it. Maybe I'll take the fail <laughs> and see if I can intercept the uh, you know the, the grade uh, card before it gets to my parents. Well, right. everybody's everybody's excited here because it's going to be like forty degrees on New Year's. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah, yeah that's like. Enough. That's like summer in the winter. <laughs> yeah, 32 inches. All right, we'll come back with Tony, and we'll get into a lot of things with Tony. We have the Dolphins to talk about, the Orange Bowl, and, of course, the big ball games and uh, everything else uh, related to the uh, sporting life. And we'll get into that with Tony Segreno on All School with Tony Segreno, brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse Restaurants in just a moment. Now that. I'm a little nervous here because a pen just fell apart in my hands. I don't know. I might be covered in ink. Let me see here. No, clean. It's uh, 8.06. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled caring people there is truly only one place and that one place is catholic health services these days we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it thank goodness for landlubbers raw bar and grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible first of all they're not only open for delivery and pickup all you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery their hours have changed a little bit monday through thursday from 3 30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. 
you're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Hey, listen, uh, I have to tell you, there's no joke, man. We had, there were the three of us. These two steaks, we're, in fact, we have leftovers. We're, yeah. We'll have it for lunch today. I mean, it was incredible. Absolutely. I love that. And there's such good isn't people. Isn't it snowing? You know, like, I love that you're making your son grill at, in, in, like, negative 10. Yeah. Isn't it, like, 15 degrees there now? I'm not making him do anything. Yeah, okay. He chose yeah. to do what he wanted to do. He's yeah. 28 years old. He's had a great education. He's had a great education. You know what? A, a nice purple white. Growing is not so bad in the cold. It's you know, no, it's great, man. You, you have on the table instead of salt and pepper, you have chapstick. Tony with a shotgun going, I got one. I got one. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. The purple Kool-Aid. I would skip the purple Kool-Aid. Seems like Tony's treating his son like he's a Jonesman. Yeah, what the hell? Turns him out for barefoot in the cold. He's not right, barefoot. Uh, Look at this. Oh, no, he does have shoes on there. In that That's not even like a jacket. My jacket I'm that wearing is in snow, my room though, now is thicker than yeah. this thing he's wearing in, like, negative 10. Very good, man. Ed Garcia, be proud of you. Though. Unbelievable. Yeah. Texas Roadhouse steaks there and, uh, you know, braving the call to go out and grill them because they're so good. All right, uh, Tony Segreto's old school. Uh, we get this thing started here with Tony Segreto and uh, many different places uh, to begin. Uh, I, I know it would be uh, typical to, uh, you know, continue to dissect the uh, problems of uh, his beloved Miami Dolphins. Uh, but I, I did want to start with this because uh, it, it's sort of interesting to me. When you think of your, your own personal thoughts, Tony, somebody says, uh, g- give me the worst trades that, that you've ever seen in, in sports history. Um, what, what are the ones that, that are prominent in, in your memory bank or the ones that you remember the most? Well, the worst trades, obviously. I mean, the I did, I did this for ESPN. Yeah, uh, a few years back, you know, the first one that comes to mind is the Red Sox still lament the fact that they traded. Yeah, the Bambino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think that's in a class of its own because it, it didn't it's, even it's, involve, uh, you know, like uh, players. It, it was like to finance a, a bad Broadway show. Even a good show. play, it was a horrible. Yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or high, you know, had the highway robbery trades. <clears throat> you know, the Herschel Walker trade. <clears throat> stuff like but, that but at but, least walker you know like when it was really good for minnesota <clears throat> yeah like he had a yeah. Nice yeah. Career. He he played well enough actually. after that yeah he, he just wasn't you know anywhere near you know the overall value yeah, that jimmy accrued back but but right. he did a lot of that with his own shrewdness right 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 so i mean when <clears throat> in if i if i were still to this day if i wanted to make a big trade <laughs> i'd call jimmy in and go help me figure this out exactly <clears throat> Yeah, because he could figure it out better than anybody. What What are you? Are you? Are you... But, but the, the the snakes have changed now. I mean, when when these guys were available, like Russell Wilson, oh and, yeah, uh, you know, so many other quarterbacks that were supposedly going to be an instant plug in, and uh, like people thought with Matthew Stafford, who did bring them a Super Bowl, although I don't know that he was necessarily worth the overall investment unless you consider hey, well, a championship at all costs but uh, this russell wilson deal i mean uh, it became common now to throw in like five number one picks like they do in the yeah, nba yep and but when and, somebody well, looks was, like james harden or kevin durant i had a feeling that's where you were going so i the reason i asked is because my son and i had this conversation the other night 
I said, this Russell Wilson trade has become what what an albatross. Yes. And he it's goes, like the worst trade in sports he, history. He, he goes, Russell Wilson's washed up. Yeah, he looks yeah. done. What do you mean he's he washed looked, up? Look at him. He looks he done. He goes, have you seen him play? I go, yeah, but. He looks I, done. Now, <clears throat> again, with, with firing Hackett. And maybe bringing another guy in, you know, maybe we maybe we get that. Should you have to do a, that with a, 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 a resurrection high caliber all star quarterback? I mean, that's in his. You prime. shouldn't have to do that. Oh. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I especially now when you look around the league and you have got you have Justin Herbert and you have Josh Allen and you have you know Patrick Mahomes. I mean, let's go down the list of all these great young quarterbacks. And all Joe of a Burrow, sudden, you could throw in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, without Rogers question, still Joe is Burrow. effective. Yeah. Yeah, but when you when you look at when you look at Russell Wilson and what Denver invested oh, looks in them, yeah. it's 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 just god awful. It yeah. really, really is. And if I'm if I'm not I'm not talking about Broncos fans, but if I'm the Bronco administ- Broncos administration, Walmart I'm people just bought going, the team. Four point six billion. Yeah, what what are we going to do? What? Are well, we they fired a coach. Do? Yeah, but well, I know that. This begs the magic question: How does this general manager George Patton, who just made uh, possibly, I mean. When you're looking up, oh, yeah, yeah, the Bambino, and, and you're thinking <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's even in the conversation <laughs> of the same category, this monumental blunder of an acquisition. And then, you know, you compound it by signing the guy to 160-plus guaranteed, guaranteed. million and, and $250 million overall. You're, you're watching out there. I mean, he just got his coach fired, a first-year coach. Now, the coach ha- had looked inept yeah, early in the idiot. season. I mean, Hackett was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know if Russell Wilson got him fired. I think Hackett, Hackett got him self fired, you know. But how just... poor of a choice is that? This is exactly. also on uh, George Patton, the uh, general I think manager. The, I think the, the, the hiring of the coach was horrible. Uh, and because and, I still, Russell must have something left in him. He's, he has I to. I think it's zero. I can't I'm see it. I, <laughs> <clears throat> listen, uh, you know, my son and I debated this for an hour, and, and he's like you. He goes, he's daddy's done. He's Shot done. fighter. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think he was on. I thought they were going to be a contender this year. I was like, wow, the Broncos. People are forgetting the Broncos. I, I thought they good, were Super Bowl right? bound. Yeah. Defense. yeah. I don't feel that yeah, now. Absolutely. No. <laughs> he looks bad. Hey, hey Pete Carroll is no fool, man. I mean, uh, he, he had the no, wherewithal to start Russell Wilson when uh, they had just spent big money on uh, who was the guy uh, from Green Bay that had one big game, and so they signed him like a $10 million contract oh, in yeah. Seattle. And, and then, uh, you know, he, he actually said, hey, I don't care that you paid this guy $10 million. I'm going to start this third-round draft pick. And, and he had some brilliant moments there. Uh, now, and we're also seeing that Pete Carroll seems to know how to handle quarterbacks because he was even getting substantial mileage up until recently out of Geno Smith. Out of, yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he was able to win yeah. with this guy. Uh, but but when you look at everything overall, I mean, this is two first-round picks, two second-round picks in subsequent years, and they threw in a fifth, and, and they also got some players, uh, one of which uh, at least I'm familiar with, Noah Fant, yeah, he's starting who, who has been pretty good for them. Uh, and then the money. So now you've crippled <laughs> but, your but, franchise against the salary cap for, for the next several years. Your draft picks, uh, you're missing two, uh, you know, really good substantial draft picks. Uh, this year alone, because the team's terrible, so and they're, they're going to be good like, picks. Yep, they're going to be what, picking me, like in me, the top seven or eight. Do you think it was? I mean, I, I think we all got a little bit snookered here because listen, Peyton Manning was was you know in in Denver helping Russell Wilson out. It was it was this group of legendary quarterbacks, Elway. Elway's involved. Yep, in, yep, yep, yep. You know, everybody's saying this is a this is a great deal for us. This is a great fit for us. This is going to be you know this, we're, we're set for the next five years. On and on and on. So yeah, listen, there I said. 
It wasn't just, stone. yeah, well, but it wasn't just <laughs> one guy. Okay. It wasn't no. just, it, let's not put, pin this all on one guy because everybody was buying in and everybody that in, in, in a position to make a decision or to at least weigh in and give. Well, they may have a, all a, made a very, mistakes. But, yeah, but the bottom of, yeah. line is it, it looms Everyone as, did like a one. gigantic, yeah. I mean, uh, up there with any. I, I mean, uh, my, one of my favorites, I, you know, I, I always come back to, and I, I mentioned this earlier, and I, I do it all the time because uh, the two trades of my youth that really stuck out as being horrendous were uh, Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio, Cubs and the Cardinals. Yeah. And, uh, and and as I said earlier, at that time, it looked like maybe the Cubs got the better of the deal. They got a 20-game winner in Ernie Brolio. Right. Coming out of a 20-win season, and, and Lou Brock uh, was like a lifetime 260 hitter at that time. Nobody knew he was going to, you know, turn out to be the player that he did. And he immediately, you know, just turned that around when he was with St. Louis. And then Fergosi for Nolan Ryan, uh, you know, always sticks out because it was uh, involving That to me was the, the modern day, yeah. That, that to me was the modern day steal right there. But even there, I mean, uh, Ryan still was an unproven, you know, commodity before he uh, got dealt for Fergosi, who was a veteran guy that – Looked like somebody the Mets needed to fill a, a you know a position, and they moved him to third base. And you know he he quickly became in the category now, of shot. I, I'm not saying this happens all the time, so everybody listen up. But there's a lot to be said for these veterans that have done well when they get traded. There's a reason that they're traded. There's there's a reason that the one the team that he's that they've been with wants them to leave. Yeah, yeah. All right. And what is that reason? Okay, everybody's thinking, well, maybe there was a personality conflict, maybe whatever the case might be. You know, nine out of ten times, some of these guys just, you know, they're they're they that club sees a a you know deterioration that others probably don't see because they're with them on a day-to-day. Uh, you know, day to day life where they're they're watching them, whether it's warm ups or whatever, or how you're handling when you're in a slump or not, or ha- how you handle when you're on a hitting streak and not. Um, how are the are the slumps longer than they used to be? All those little things, those nuances, those teams see, and there's a reason that that they get rid of them. And you know, they're not surprised. If you would ask Pete Carroll, he's probably going, well. Oh, oh, no, I think this was uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, an insinuation that was pretty uh, uh, common in, in Seattle. To him. And yeah, I, right. I based this on our interview we had uh, with Buzz Bissinger, the writer, who uh, is fantastic. He's and he, uh, he, he's a Seattle Seahawks fan because he lives in some rural area of Washington and uh, has been absorbed in Seahawks football for a while and also is passionate about sports. And uh, I, I was surprised, Tony. You know how these things go, where, where you've got the Luby lines. He's up through PR agencies. Uh, the guy's pushing a book. He, he wrote a, you know, what would seem like a really compelling story, and uh, obviously is a great storyteller uh, about uh, the, these two factions that squared off uh, in the military. I, I think it was in the Vietnam War or World War Two. Uh, yes. I think it might have been World War Two, where there was. Uh, uh, two, uh, you know, units of the military, uh, both, uh, you know, one was Army, one was Navy or something like that. But they all had uh, a like lot all of American you know, high quality, all-American college football players on each unit. So, and I forget what the uh, game is called. It's like the Mud Bowl or something. And uh, he wrote a book about that. But uh, before we get started, right, we got seven minutes with this guy. He's going to push the book. And we just mentioned something about uh, his Seahawk fandom or whatever to get him going. And he went nuts uh, about Russell Wilson. Yeah, oh, for like five minutes. For like five minutes. About how horrible this guy was and how this is going to turn out to be the worst mistake in, uh, you know, football history. Uh, and that uh, Denver got exactly what everybody was seeing in Seattle at the time. 
a, a decaying, uh, dilapidated version of the spectacular quarterback that Russell Wilson was at one time. Hmm. And, and and he called it. I got to say, it, man. I mean, it was early. Yeah. It was early in the year. He had like played a, a bad for a couple, couple of games. games. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we'll see. And he's like, oh, no, he's horrendous. <laughs> he was done. Is there anything more <laughs> dreadful, actually, than seeing Denver is the scheduled featured TV game in the time slot? Oh, right now, yeah. And oh, like, yeah. How many times has that yeah. happened? And you had to watch this trek, yeah. which, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it, it could have put Amazon out of business, that game. Uh, that, <laughs> well, that's the one we were talking it about. Was, it, was it was a Thursday night. It was like 3-3 in the fourth yeah. quarter. You know, Jim Sarney always every week sort of weighs in and says to me, you know, because he knows our daughter works for Sunday Night Football. He goes, yeah. what's the flex game? What's the flex game? What's the flex game? So yeah, he's big I, on that flex thing, man. No, yeah, one, yeah. no one is more into flex of television <laughs> games than Jim Well, Sarney. it's interesting I, I because, you know, they can't flex. There, there are certain they, – they can't flex uh, Christmas games. They can't yeah. flex New Year's games. Uh, there are some games they just can't. But, uh, but this past weekend – uh, during Sunday night football, depending on what had happened during that game, my daughter was in the was was part of the flex team, not to make the decision, but okay, they they're the ones that had to move once the flex game was was announced. You okay. know? So so at, at, that's at halftime, they found out it was going to be the Baltimore Steelers game would be the flex be the flex game, which is going to be a good game. Uh, Great rivalry in uh, yeah. the sporting world. Absolutely. And, and I, I respect what Mike Tomlin has done this year. I, uh, he, I he hasn't had the easiest road, but uh, I mean, a lot of people yeah, thought, well, geez, is he really all that good of a coach? He never loses or has a losing season. And uh, I, I think he's done a pretty good job with what he had to work with this. I week. couldn't agree with you more. I, I, and Harbaugh the same way. I mean, I think that they've, they've, they've had ups and downs for, for various reasons, whether it's injuries or quarterback issues, whatever the case might be. And they, you know, these guys are just steady. They have, the, they have the formula. Yeah. Uh, they can, why are you shaking your head? Oh no! I was just oh, Ruby. Around. I'm talking to no. Oh, I'm mad about. I didn't realize the Steelers were somehow seven and eight. Like they're dreadful. Yeah, like, that's crazy that they somehow are seven and eight. Like, that's and it's a pretty remarkable way that they, they have. Like, but, yeah, but I want you. I want you to think crazy. about what they've been through to be seven and eight. I know is, that's is, impressive. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, really, their team really, sucks. Really is. <laughs> and, and I okay. And I'm going to go on record here. I I may be the Lone Ranger, but I I said to both of my children on Christmas Eve, I go. Sam had the Tampa Bay game. I go, I am so over Tom Brady right now. Oh, we are. I am just, uh, I am just it up. so over Brady. And I'm so happy to see uh, – I listen, it, it, was, it was tough for us to lose, the Dolphins to lose uh, to Green Bay. But goodness me, you know what? Aaron Rodgers just sticks with it and sticks with it, and he still has the ability to just flick a beautiful pass – Makes it look effortless, and it still goes fifty yards, sixty yards down the field. It's it's yeah. uh, it's amazing, amazing. No, uh, he he's rallied them a couple of times. Uh, he, he's been so so though. I mean, he, he doesn't look like yeah. yeah. He, he hasn't uh, you know hit the level of decline that Brady has. Where no, I mean Brady uh, seems to me a lot like he's fairly easy to play. Uh, you know, maybe that's been trending for for a while. Where you know everybody knows if you can pressure Brady, yeah, uh, he, he becomes uh, extremely ineffective. And then on top of that. Almost everything he's doing is going to be in a short passing game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes five yards. Yeah. yeah. What What are they What are they say What are they saying internally around the league that uh, that Brady traded his wife for another you know six months on the field or whatever the case might be? Well, I mean, I, and I think she put a curse on him. I I think just like the Bambino, <laughs> she's got a little she's got a little Brady doll. She's sticking pins exactly. in. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't know how exactly she brought it about. Obviously, she's of Brazilian descent, and you can find any number of people that are, uh, you know, in various, uh, you know, genres of the occult. Uh, 
Uh, so I, I think something happened there. I really do. Because uh, he, he has just all of a sudden, I, I, we thought he was shot five years ago. Uh, you know, we started seeing Brady do things that were uncharacteristic, like making clown plays, you know, where, uh, you know, he throws the ball like, uh, you know, like, like a, a Jameis Winston type of clown play. That, that was not something that was characteristic of uh, Tom Brady. And, and then a few years ago, we, we saw a few examples of it. But, uh, yeah, he just every now and then he looks OK. And uh, yet uh, it just doesn't work anymore. Because yeah. he, he, he's too limited in what he can instead do. Instead of, so. you know, here here's the thing. This is what I was telling uh, my children. I said, instead of waiting, it used to be you used to wait for the Brady magic. Yeah. And now you just wait for him to fall apart. Just, well, he's exhibited it though, three times this year. Yeah, well, and, there's you know, been some, but you're not waiting for the magic. But that was after being horrible the whole game. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which exactly. wasn't the uh, thing. You know, it's the always been before. after they've been rough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he was very fortunate to be in a position to uh, even... Right. You know, orchestrate those rallies. All right. Speaking of rallying, man, we have to rally around this man. Yeah. And the holidays, I don't know that they could be any busier for the people at Texas Roadhouse restaurants because, um, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, are slightly tapped out from all the. Uh, oh, there he is, man. And uh, wow. Look at that. See, how, how is it that he's able to get higher production values than we are? Because <laughs> he works for the Texas Roadhouse, man. Yeah. He works for Ed Texas Garcia, Roadhouse. how are you, my friend? Well, good morning. How are you guys? Oh, doing good, great. Good. Doing great. Ed, I have to tell you, those fillets from Texas Roadhouse, the butcher shop, man, those are about as good as it gets. If you are into fillets, ladies and gentlemen, you order them, and you are going to be very, very happy. I just want to – I have to come out of the box telling you that, Ed. They're that is spectacular. Awesome. Spectacular. That is awesome. Glad. Well, I know what I get you next year for Christmas again. <laughs> Luby, uh, we, we have to pop up the picture, though, for Red Garcia. Can uh, he see this if you uh, superimpose it up here of Tony's son? This is what he, he puts his family through so that he can it enjoy. It 20 Edgar below. Family. How many people are grilling below. your steaks But they in had the to snow? have it grilled because it's Texas Roadhouse, so of course you'd rather yeah. have it grilled, but it's 20 below at this point, and he's not so even he, wearing a jacket. Yeah, Tony is a big fan of uh, Texas Roadhouse steaks to the point where he'll even risk the life of his family to uh, get one. Oh the my God. Look at that look on his face. Like, really, Dad? Hey, yeah. Ed, Ed, there's Good a nice, there, what you don't see in the background is a nice yeah, bottle of that bourbon that, out there. That, that a nice bottle of bourbon is Papa's pouring for him, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Tony out there saying, hey, exactly. you need more I was right. I mean, uh, hey, look, someone uh, had to take the photo. <laughs> Someone had to take the picture. I'm so assuming I'll tell you what, wife. Ed. We were we were invoking your name last night in my house because awesome. we we do a good. We we always have people over for New Year's Eve, and my wife was saying, "Oh my gosh," she said, "You know," she said, "I was going to go buy ribs the other day." She said, "But goodness, they're so expensive." I go, "That's why we need to find a Texas Roadhouse." <laughs> <laughs> So, but no, and it's so great to have you. And, and I just want to keep telling people this. You know, we talk about the Texas Roadhouse gift cards for Christmas. Christmas has passed, but let's say you still have a couple of gifts you haven't received. I mean, you haven't gotten people. You can get those Texas Roadhouse gift cards. But I'm going to tell you something else. You can gift them some steaks from the Texas Roadhouse, from the butcher shop. They are going to be happy, happy folks. The way it's delivered, the way it's sent in a cooler with dry ice, the presentation, and you get that Texas Roadhouse uh, steak seasoning, you cannot beat that as an amazing gift and a gift that will stick with you for a very long time. And the other people will pay it forward and give that, that same gift to others as well. I couldn't think of a better one. That is absolutely right. I love the 
you know, the butcher box is absolutely a very, very cool gift idea. The gift cards are great too, because you can use them anytime and they don't expire, which is really awesome. Right. So, so what kind of New Year's Eve celebrations are going to be at Texas Roadhouses? Tell us. Well, we are not doing anything crazy like being open past midnight, but you can definitely come check us out. It is one of our busiest nights of the year. No lie. I mean, some of the waits will get uh, pretty hefty long. So that mobile app calling ahead is an absolute must, but you can, you know, end the year, you know, you know, if you're going to kind of renew yourself and do something a little bit more calorie efficient going in 2023, hey, go all out, get an extra basket of bread, get that bone in ribeye, get that sweet potato loaded with the marshmallows and honey cinnamon caramel sauce. Just go ahead, have fun. What a great way to end the year uh, at Texas Roadhouse with some of those hand cut steaks. So, Ed, pull the curtain back a little bit because it's the busiest night of the year. How do your restaurants prepare for that? How many more steaks do you need in your restaurants? How many more uh, pieces of fish and things like that? How does that work? You know, it, it really is just a lot of planning that we take into that. But, you know, again, it's also very challenging because we make things from scratch. So it's all hands on deck. We bring everybody in. We'll probably have about 100 employees working that day, you know, throughout the day uh, on that day alone. Um, we make it a lot of fun for our staff. We make it a lot of fun for our guests because we want our staff to come in and we know that they're taking a little bit of time away from their family. So we make it very special for everybody to come in. But, uh, you know, again, making it from scratch, we just have a lot on hand, ready to rock and roll. So that way we can make sure that Luby, Defo, and you walk out with very full bellies. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, tell us tell us your plan on New Year's Eve. Are we going to be watching a football game? or, or We we are. <laughs> uh, we are. And uh, I think I mentioned last week, you know, I'll actually be in Colombia. I'm going to be visiting some family down there. So I'll right. be in the beautiful city of Medellin. Nice. Oh, did you work uh, on that deal with the TV? Yeah. So I did. That worked out. You oh, did. Nice. I did, and I. I got what a, level of government did you have to go to? I mean, did you have to go all the way to the uh, prime minister or whatever? Well, here's here is what's funny is I should show, send you a screenshot um, because I'm talking to them through WhatsApp, and they're like, "Hey, we got you a spot set up watching the game." They reserved me a corner at a place called Hooters. <laughs> ah, they want you to go to Hooters. Oh no! Hooters. Oh, nice. <laughs> no. They yes, try the wings. Yeah, I didn't know they had a spot in Colombia, but uh, I guess they do. This so place that's called where the Hooters. <laughs> oh, oh no! And <laughs> you have to have you nice. have to have somebody take a picture of us yeah. for that. You, we have yep. to see hey, this Garcia, photo. Texas, right oh Hooters. my goodness gracious me! Oh my! The God. fam the family and I will be dressed up in maize and blue watching the game. So we are very <laughs> very excited. Oh my! <laughs> Oh my! I have to say this too, funny. and uh, compliment you for uh, making our Christmas uh, very special in the DeForest household. Because uh, I was trying to figure out what to give my son, right? So uh, I figured I was going to ante up a stick and maybe bring over some booze. So uh, <laughs> I know both of my grandchildren, and they these are very very uh, picky eaters. Uh, Liam and Christian, seven and four, they love Texas Roadhouse. So I got the hundred dollar gift card for Texas Roadhouse, and you know I started thinking. At other restaurants, this wouldn't cover much, but it probably will be good the for the whole family. family. And that could be so the whole everybody's excited about that. They're all going to Texas Roadhouse to start out 2023. So thank you for that, Ed Garcia. Absolutely. Thank you. You saved Absolutely. me a lot of money. I would have had to go for two or three sticks. Uh, most <laughs> <other places. laughs> 
Well, I listen, listen, you know, uh, we talk about being reflective. It's been an amazing year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, on, on our show, yeah. but, but it's an amazing year with Texas Roadhouse. The feedback we continue to get, Ed, is remarkable. Uh, it makes us so proud to be associated and be part of the Texas Roadhouse family. But to hear others weigh in and go, wow, we've never been, and it's amazing, and we're going back. To hear those stories over and over again um, make us feel so good to be a part of this family. And we're honored to, to have you be the leader of it because it's a special, special group of people for sure. I yeah. well, appreciate you guys very much. And I, I appreciate everybody that comes in and gives us that opportunity and, and really the team that makes it all happen, you know, very, very blessed in that aspect and really look forward to an awesome 2023. Yeah. All right. Well, Happy New Year. Happy good New luck. Year. Amazing. Good Blue. luck. Yeah. Amazing. amazing but we want to see some pictures from Hooters in Medellin. <laughs> <laughs> who, would have, who would have ever thought? That's yeah. We want a happy Ed Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> right. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right. Thanks a lot, brother. Ed Garcia, ladies and gentlemen. That's amazing. I love that. How funny is Ed that? Hooters Garcia of Texas Roadhouse is going to Columbia to go to Have you been to Columbia, uh, Tony? Have you ever gone no, there? No, I have never been. I have never been to Columbia. Yeah, I've told the story many times. I, uh, I I've been to the from, university, but I've never been to the Columbia. Uh, well, I actually thought I was going to Columbia, South Carolina when I got this call. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's a promoter out of New York, and, and he calls me, and, and he says, uh, and, and he had a uh, South African accent. And he says, uh, Jeff, I've got a couple of title fights for you to call. Uh, you know, one's in Colombia and the other one's in Detroit. I'm like, okay, great, man. Uh, you know, I'm figuring Columbia, South Carolina, nice place. So I didn't realize it was Baron Kia, Columbia. And um, it, it was at the height of, like, uh, all, all of the uh, terrorist uh, panic that was going on, yeah. especially with Latin American countries. They, they were in, uh, you know, high alert in terms of uh, terrorist activities and, and, you know, being unsafe to travel to. And I had no passport. So I had to get a passport at the time. And uh, I actually ended up getting an assist from uh, Nelson, the senator, Bill Nelson. Is it Bob Graham or Bill Nelson? Well, I originally Nelson? tried to get a hold of somebody from the Graham organization, okay. who, who you know, you know very well, all of these people, uh, you know, operating out of Miami Lakes. Yeah. And a guy turned me on to Nelson, whose office then expedited my passport so I could go to Columbia. And uh, it, it still turned out to be a classic because even though their guy won the fight, a riot broke out oh, in this small arena in Barranquilla. <laughs> and uh, what I didn't realize, and this would be unique in American ballparks uh, and, and very frightening if it happened. Uh, when you buy like more than one drink, they actually gave you the bottle. Oh, Jesus. In no. These, in these sporting uh, situations. I mean, why do you think they always tear down the stadium in the Colombian soccer matches, right? <laughs> Damn, I'm These people bottle. were fucking crazy, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Their guy won on like a bogus call by the referee. And, uh, you know, he stopped a fight in the 11th round. The other guy is clearly ahead. Uh, you know, he was in a little bit of trouble, but uh, definitely not time for a stoppage. And they bombarded the ring with, with bottles and cans. Oh, I mean, my goodness. That's right. It was funny. insane, right? You I know, mean, from I, the I, upper deck. I told Louie the story. I think you were off that day. I don't know if you recall ever hearing this, but uh, the, the famous, the infamous snowplow game. The oh, yeah, sure. Against yeah. the Patriots. So, I mean, it was just, it was brutally cold. And, and, and again, you know, when, when like, like here, it's, it's, it was 15 this morning, but when, when, when it's 15 degrees and you have a snowpack that's still it's not going four anywhere. feet tall, uh, you know, you, it, it just, it just what, it just takes that 15 degrees and makes it feel even colder. So here we are in Foxborough and it's, it's really cold. 
And we find out, not we, but the, the, the broadcasters for, uh, for the Cuban t- uh, radio station uh, at the time find out that they, their booth is outside. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. And the broadcasters, who we were really good friends with, just yeah. great guys who did a great way, just, you know, did such a great job. They're wearing, all they have with them are their members-only jackets. Well, a couple of Tommy Bahamas. Yeah, 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 of course. Those members-only jackets. Polly Man always wore one. He wore yeah. one uh, he'll wear one in his so, grave. Yeah. Yeah. Sonny, God bless Sonny, used to have them all the time. He must have yeah, had five yeah. different colors. I think colors. he only had one of them. I think yeah. he only had one. So anyway, anyway the, the owner of the, of, the, of the Patriots find out that these guys have to sit outside. Oh, yeah? So he sends them this leader of you know the big but not the 750 mil the big bottle of jack daniel you could have sent him a jacket oh yeah wow <laughs> and and no, a coder maybe a booth they gotta get him jackets so, you know. so by by halftime these guys were right. done i mean <laughs> no, no. i heard that the other end of the broadcast was absolutely hysterical because they just kept drinking the jack daniels to keep them warm it, yeah. was, it was very funny to the point of you you order a drink and you get the whole bottle. That's yeah, not a bad exactly. deal. Yeah. I, I only drank once during a broadcast, uh, you know, where it, it became noticeable that I was uh, getting intoxicated. And so was the uh, color analyst on a, uh, a boxing uh, match that was at the city limits here in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And it featured uh, the fighting surgeon, Hacky Reitman. I don't know if you've ever run across this <laughs> oh, guy. Yeah. He's actually I a very good guy. Yeah, a great guy. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. But uh, wasn't much of a fighter. I mean, he was very carefully matched throughout his career by a guy that we call Two-Ton Tommy Torino, who was his uh, longtime manager. And, uh, you know, he, he would kind of wink and nod at you that, uh, don't worry, Hacky's in no trouble tonight. Yeah. And uh, the fight was so bad, he fought a guy named Tim Doc Anderson, who became infamous later on because uh, he ended up shooting his manager after he tanked the match at the War Memorial to Mark Gastineau. I don't know oh. if you've ever followed that story. It's been, uh, you know, depicted in. No. Uh, Somehow I missed that one. It was a classic, actually. And uh, so a- anyway, um, the fight's so bad that we started. A guy had uh, laid a bottle of booze on us before we got started as a uh, gift. And uh, what was the bottle? Just, bottle of. Oh, I don't know. It was stuff I don't even normally drink, like scotch. I'm not a, you know, uh, I, I'm a vodka drinker uh, when I drink alcohol, but I rarely drink scotch. I, I don't really have uh, that great of a taste for it. And, uh, you know, I realized about round six that uh, our commentary what was, uh, you know, no longer as succinct as it had been in the early <laughs> stages of the fight. <laughs> and that uh, we might be inclined to say something that could get us uh, permanently eliminated from any future jobs. So uh, right, right. We, we were very careful about that. But, uh, no, no, that, that that is cold, literally. I mean, to uh, have these guys outside. Yeah, what what, what yeah. was the cold you ever were? I mean, I, I've sat outside to do broadcasts. Um, that was cold. I think, I think probably the, one of the coldest I was, you got to remember the way, the way you judge it is, is differently. The the game itself was probably colder. Um, but, but I was inside, but the game where it was cold, where I was outside. In fact, I was sharing this with my daughter because my daughter was saying, gosh, dad, you know, uh, my fingertips every once in a while, I can feel they were, how they'd gotten frostbite from doing something outside. And I said, wow. My my fingertips got frostbitten in South Bend, Indiana, in the win- oh, middle of the winter, yeah. and at a, at a Notre Dame football game that I was filming, uh, and I was outside with metal cameras, and yes. you couldn't you couldn't use your gloves because you needed to feel the, the the buttons and the and the lenses and everything. So that was that was probably one of my 
all-time cold games in terms of me being outside. <clears throat> I remember going to it. I was doing a Monday night game in, uh, in Chicago when we went down in the middle Some of the— Some crazy nut throws the window open and says, Let Yeah, well, no, but we go, we go down <laughs> to begin the fourth quarter on the field, and the skies just open up. I mean, it is snowing. It's like a blizzard. Yeah. And, you know, and now you can't get back up. Oh, you're outside. Yeah. And uh, so all the, listen, all those great memories, all these games sort of, you know, run together. But it's I, I used to dig adverse conditions, but uh, oh, me too. I don't embrace me too. them as much anymore. Me, you know, me uh, too. Me yeah. too. I still do. I listen, you know, with the weather came on this morning before we started doing the show. And, oh, you know, you, you choose my, to be, uh, you know, an absurd yeah, weather. My, they said, oh, it's going to be 40 degrees yeah. on, on Friday. And Roseanne looks at me and she goes, oh. Thank God. Now, mind I, you, my, I, I go midnight my, cowboy my, on this. I mean, give me the sunshine. We're gonna keep my, my my wife, God bless her, is uh, she was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. So she's been through those winters, and she goes, yeah. "Oh, okay. Detroit, she, yeah." She she goes, "Middle of January, we're out." I said, "Okay, we're out." All right, want to do. Yes. All right. Now, more with Tony Segretto. Well, Luby's been playing the uh, "Go to Commercial" music for about twenty minutes here, yes, and yes, we I just have. kept schlubbering on because it's yeah. uh, the end of the year and. Uh, we have a lot to get into. We, we haven't really uh, discussed this. Moment. Do we need to uh, dive no. into? I Even mean, I'm I sure did you have enough thoughts of it. on the Dolphins, the Miami How Dolphins uh, I mean, situation. We're, I, we're, I'm we're a little this. nervous, Tony. We're nervous about the over/under. Well, I mean, nine. We have them at nine, and we I recommended know. that to all of our audience and promised to never do another show again if they don't accomplish it. This <laughs> uh, well, I, I doubt that. But anyway, this is loser I, I, leaves I town. Say, I will say this. I'm going to say this, and then we're going to go to break. All right. I love the way. Mike McDaniel is talking to the media about this. I love what he's saying. I I think he's saying it not just for the media, but for his players to, to read it and hear it. Uh, I think that uh, uh, I, I just love the way he's doing all this. And you know what? It's been a streak that's not surprising to me because this team is learning how to win and trying to figure things out. Uh, and let let's see if he can rally them against the Patriots. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be, and they're playing in Foxborough, and the weather is not going to be a factor. Good. It's going to be All rain, right. but it's not going to be cold. Okay, so, well, uh, they they may be playing with Teddy Bridgewater also. Uh, that's which, right. Uh, you know, is a whole right. other thing. All right, more with Tony Segreto. More old school Tony Segreto. Bowl game, bowl game, still uh, one of the uh, classics, and the Orange Bowl uh, game on tap as well for Tony, you know, which is uh, a hillbilly special down here in South Florida. I've seen a lot of people with no teeth starting to assemble on South Beach. So, um, you know, obviously the game is... Uh, Since be very I have tuned in today, you have not been politically correct. <laughs> no, I'm, giving, not I'm not even going to go near the whole Jerry Lewis thing. That was just wrong. <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, not wrong. Look. No, no, that was wrong. That was, was, he, was it was wrong, probably in poor taste. Like, wrong. No, no, but I, no. I, I, I'm feeling Lewis. Even for you... Even for you, that was, was it not a lie, right. though. I think I'm it serious. was actually that was not, You don't remember those telethons? Right. They were classic. I, I, I do, but I'm not even going to go down that street. I'm very that's sympathetic just, to That's just not I mean, right. That's not having right. Having had then, the multiple sclerosis <laughs> affect my family. I, 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 I pull myself away from this group. Oh, my God. It's not funny. Guys. You can't divorce yourself just because these big shots are in town and you're coming in tomorrow and no, you're going to have to no. be held accountable for being associated with remarks that were so off-color that, oh uh, you know, it should have been an immediate firing. Not even off-color. It's just... Yeah, maybe a little, uh, you know. Maybe? Jeez. Maybe. maybe. All right. Uh, back with more in a moment here. More of this uh, merriment in a moment. Now that... The time. It's 8.43. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? 
good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Tony Spreto joins us with Old School. You probably saw this as a Yankee fan. <laughs> 360 million San Francisco Giant dollars. No. Holy Willie Mays. I think we have ourselves an outfielder and a new hero. I mean, what, what do you Let's think, see. Tony? Are you Let's... okay with that? No. Shame on the Yankees if they don't if they don't counter with fifty million more. Yeah, wow. Shame on them. Shame on them. And they have the money. Shame on them. That's <laughs> all. I have they to don't say. have the. Money. It's probably never happened to you. It's happened to me a couple of times uh, where you come home and all the furniture is gone and all of our clothes are gone. <laughs> and the only thing you have left, I mean, it's like an empty room. You go to sit down in the kitchen and even that chair is gone. You land on the floor. <laughs> What kind of what kind of people have you been? It's not the people. It's him. I don't know. Not sure right, exactly. Sometimes what it is. I wonder. Sometimes <laughs> I don't. Sometimes I just what you're doing wonder. on this show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, wait a you, minute. You what, had an impeccable <laughs> reputation. What have I hitched my wagon to? <laughs> have I hitched uh, my wagon to this falling star? What is it? Defoe and Louie always have a blast kicking it old school with the iconic Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. All right, we'll continue to try and tarnish the uh, great reputation of Tony Segreto. <laughs> as, uh, we move on with uh, old school. A couple of things from Andy who's in the hospital here, and uh, he actually makes a couple of really uh, good points we should bring up here. He says uh, maybe George Santos, uh, this disgraced uh, elected uh, House of Representatives guy, uh, can QB the Dolphins? He said on his resume, he can throw the ball 80 yards. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> run a 4-2-40. <laughs> okay. Since we, learned, like since we learned that the rest of that resume. He's not even is, Jewish. He, he claimed to be Jewish. He's not even Jewish. He claimed to be like a Holocaust, uh, you know, the son of Jesus. Holocaust survivors. How do you nonsense. expect to get away with that today? He got away with it. What do you mean? He's elected. They can't get rid of him. Just because no, he lied about it. He finally came forward. I mean, yeah. you know. But, I mean, he's laughing about it. He, he really is. That, that's that's the, today's state of affairs in American politics. No conscience. None. Where, where, I mean, a complete clown can get elected. I mean, it happened, uh, unfortunately, at the very top there not sure, a long time ago. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and Brady, I mean, if you look at the curse, I mean, we, we do need to embellish the fact that, uh, you know, uh, while Sam Bankman-Fried is hanging out in Palo Alto somewhere uh, using the trampoline in the backyard, uh, he also uh, trampled uh, many people's finances and sucked in these guys like Brady, who uh, lost several million dollars and now also will be what subject of no doubt many lawsuits. Yes. Because of the fact that um, he endorsed a product that 
I mean, you would have to think that uh, he, he never suspected what was going to be, uh, you know, a disaster and, and this catastrophic for people. But um, nonetheless, there he was saying, hey, it's a good idea. Why don't you buy this stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a, you know, an element of responsibility there. I think Johnny Unitas got sued for, like, recommending some some bullshit Did product. really? Yeah, I remember. I remember. Because I, I don't think it was the Unitas deal. I, but maybe it was Steve Garvey were, too. Uh, you know, also were, uh, was that's recommending when, some crap. That's when it came. That's when it came to pass where if you were selling McDonald's hamburgers, yeah, all right, you had to at least be seen in the McDonald's. You had to have, you know, if you were selling frozen pizzas, people needed to 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 know if they came to your house, you'd have those frozen pizzas in your in oh, your yeah. freezer. I don't yeah, all that. Criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a big deal. Like you, if you does the commercial you filming account as being in the store. Like, I mean, how many times do you think Serena stopped in at Subway? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Although it looked like I don't want to get into this. Yeah, again. exactly. Oh, he found <laughs> one near the right, arena. Let's talk about. Listen, I'm, I'm, uh, let's let's talk about these bowl games. Uh, all right, what but, do you got for uh, me, Tony? I don't know, but I just wanted to change the subject. <laughs> You don't always like dealing in the absurd. Uh, um, all right. I mean, you, you gave, uh, you know, TCU a big shot. I, I, I think Michigan is going to win that game. In fact, I, I think this is an all chalk festival uh, coming up. I don't know about point spread wise. I mean, uh, that may be something that you have to uh, probably you think, you think, dig a little you think deeper Michigan, on. But you I think Michigan, I, Georgia. I, I yeah, think well, Michigan, I mean, Georgia, I, and then I, I think Georgia finds a way to win it all. Again, back to back, 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 back. If it's that's Michigan, chalk Georgia, city. That's disgusting. If, I know that. If, if if it's Michigan, Georgia, it's going to be a hell of a game. I I, right. I think these I think these, I, these are, I think these are going to be two really good semifinal games. I'm excited, and I'm not. Listen, I'm not. Our tickets are sold, so it's not a big deal here. I, yeah. I I love our game. I love the orange. Clemson game. and I Tennessee, love, right? I love the matchup. Yeah, I love the okay. matchup. Six against seven. Um, I, I, I understand that the quarterbacks aren't playing because of injuries or whatever. Uh, uh, the other guy, ukulele transfer. He's already yeah, 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 he's already Oregon gone, man. Yeah, he's already yeah. quacking like a duck. This kid. Yeah. So I think that. Uh, don't you um, love that though, Tony? Where like you have guys like the Georgia quarterback who transferred, right? And he, he like quarterback like a national championship team, and then he's somewhere else. Yeah. The next year. Well, I mean, listen, there's that, there, that rule change. I think was a very positive one. For well, uh, generating interest <clears throat> in college football and being fair to, as the, you would the say, the kids, yeah, giving them I a agree. shot to you know, listen, control I their agree. own fate. And I also think, I also think that with NIL, uh, guys are going to be staying in in college longer, especially if they're really good and they they're at the position that allows them. But what 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 Drake May? What's the story that? that well, supposedly team, he got offered five million. Five two million to transfer. So if Drake May's offered two different five, schools, five yeah. million. What what is Bryce Young worth if somebody paid? What is Caleb Williams worth? Yeah. Are, are they worth ten million? Can you imagine being a, a kid in college and you're making ten mil? How how wild is that? What and then finally Drake May must be having a blast though at school, man. Yeah, like, good looking kid. He's a no quarterback. Yeah. Football well, team. UNC has money too. He's very cool. I mean, how, how many money. chicks is he picking up on the quad every time he walks to <laughs> if he walks to a class? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know well, what his game plan at, is, but he could I, be. Lane I have Kiffin. to believe. Listen, if he were at Alabama or or Georgia, forgive me, guys, but. Yeah, I'm not sure about the class thing, but when you're at North Carolina, you're, you're yeah, they sort it, of. Oh no, you got go to UNC is a good school. It's no, no, hard. Go it's hard to get into UNC, and and they're pretty strict with their athletes. Um, All right, so like, we do. It's a bunch like of uh, smart chicks. All right. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> 
Still got to be, be some lookers. Let's, be as, a, let's be as irreverent as we could possibly be. Anyway, but I think this NIL is going to be uh, to see oh, how this expands. Things, yeah. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely That, that even exceeded insane. my, uh, you know, thought oh, mine what too. was going on there. I mean, uh, kids too. are getting offered $5 million to transfer for possibly one season. I, you know, that, that seemed incredible. I, you know, I didn't see this mushrooming you know to to that level of cash and that that's you know just stuff we heard about but uh oh, exactly. you know I mean, and to re- let's rewind where does let, it go wow let, let's rewind your statement from the beginning of the show about russell wolfson plug and play that it's yeah. going to be a, a done deal you don't but know you know what you the know. plug and play in college has worked pretty darn well yeah. so far yeah. I mean, think about Caleb Williams, what he's done. Yeah, there's think less about to overcome. What, Joe, what yeah. Gerald Burrow did for LSU. Uh, we can go. We can go. We can. Yeah, Justin Fields from Georgia to Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been it's been it's been pretty good for the. It's good in basketball too. I mean, yeah, we're, we're not as aware of it. Too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Jim Laranega built this whole team. It's off to this great start, uh, pretty yeah. much on uh, yeah. you know transfers. He had some guys yeah. there, but uh, it was a transfer portal. He, he and. He figured out how to use it. And since we have Clemson in our game, Clemson's going to have to eventually buy into the portal. Well, that's the funny thing is Clemson and Georgia, two different teams, have treated it differently. And Georgia's survived because they recruit in the top three every year. Clemson doesn't. Clemson recruits top 10-ish. And you're seeing they are starting to fall off. And they don't yeah. do the transfer portal thing. And Dabble had a fun week last week saying stuff that people like me roll their eyes at. And you're seeing them sort of fall back. Both FSU and UM recruited right around them. UM recruited yeah. ahead of them. And FSU's annihilating the portal. And they don't even touch yeah. the portal. So the ACC is coming for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to see. I'm, I'm going to be with Dabo and Josh on Thursday. Dabo uh, and Josh? You're, you're unbelievable, yeah. Tony. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be with them, man. You're first first name, name, what are you going to be doing? Hanging out? They're first, uh, yeah, they're first name. Well, we had the coaches luncheon on. on uh, oh, that's a big thing. I like that. Yeah, I always enjoyed it. That is a yeah. big thing. So I, I uh, like when it was like Bobby Bowden in there and uh, some other uh, distinguished. Coach. Well, I think it's, it's going to be really good with Josh uh, Hypo and, and Dabo Sweeney. Dabo can talk. And, I mean, he, he's a and he's so a can Josh. Josh speaker. and and Josh can talk. And and uh, I, believe it or not, because I was I was actually surprised at how glib and articulate. Not articulate, but how glib he was. Seems um, like that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, from, you know, from and, his and, appearance on the sideline, like yeah, uh, here, he just seems yeah. like he has a little bit of uh, you know uh, hip uh, to him. Let's say, yeah, he he does. And here's a guy who won the national championship as a quarterback in this game back in yeah. 2001. So they got a lot going on. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be fun. Um, and I, of all the ball games that aren't you know national championship sort of bound. Uh, those those two games, I think it's going to be a really good. game. What, what do you the do best. during the game, Tony? I mean, are you hobnobbing we'll like from, the richest yeah, we'll people be, in the world? What's no, going, we'll be going from J Lo and Ben, uh, you we'll know, in the suite. No, we'll be going no? from suite to suite, meeting different administrators and uh, like president of uh, uh, you know of Tennessee, president of of Clemson, uh, saying hello to them, and obviously the uh, president of the you know the ACC hierarchy will be there, so we'll get a chance, an opportunity to spend some time with them. And uh, you know, very rarely get a chance to see much of the game, but we'll we'll watch as much of the game as we possibly can, and and do our thing. You know, we have about so many we have so many great committee members that do so many different things, from greeting the team to making sure the teams are taken care of, hospitality suites at all the hotels that we're involved with. So, uh, a lot going on. How many guys? What's the over under and uh, number of guys you'll be introduced to with these two teams involved that are named Hootie? <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just thinking uh, maybe, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they, uh, you know, a true, uh, you know, image of uh, the great Hootie Johnson. You probably meet a lot of people. Uh, that, so think uh, think about the time we're right. in right now, right? We have the national championship yeah. pending. We have the two semifinal games. We have great bowl Lots games. Of good bowls. You know, Football the, the, has the, been the, great yeah, this year. You know, absolutely. And, and now we have the significant NFL games. I mean, really right. significant games that are going to determine, you know, playoff uh, positions, not to mention just are, am I going to make the playoffs? So it's it's going to be a it's NFL be a really is dominated. Game. I mean, the first half of the regular season is uh, almost over in basketball, and uh, you know, as much as I love basketball, I, I've uh, paid very little attention overall to the NBA by comparison. Uh, these football games have been just uh, wildly exciting for the most part. Yeah, uh, the local team story has been an interesting one, compelling, and uh, as Luby and I have been saying, and uh, I know you would agree, Tony, that. At least the Dolphins, for the most part, they're were fun. very exciting I mean, even to this watch. Weekend, they yeah, fun. and uh, they're still here. in it, and they're still yeah. in it. They're relevant. They're relevant. Yeah. And, it's just, and, uh, and, you know, you're, you're sitting there. I, I started to develop the shakes uh, with this ticket uh, of the over of nine, and, uh, you know, to end the season on a six-game skid. Now, I cannot conceive of losing to the Jets. Cannot conceive of it. And and I, one thing, we have not seen a Dolphin team – come out as flat as that Denver team did against the Los Angeles Rams team that had a quarterback that had been with the team for two weeks yeah, yeah. and uh, had been much maligned throughout his career uh, when a lot of people had uh, great expectations for number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, in two different spots. And uh, they, they threw in a towel on him at Carolina in, in favor of Sam Darnold and uh, sent him packing. He's on the streets, and, and he quarterbacks this phenomenal victory. And then uh, I, I've never seen a team – any more flat than Denver was in that yeah, game. Yeah. It, it was it was hard to watch, and, and you knew that uh, maybe Hackett's number was up. But at least the Dolphins have been exciting uh, every yeah, week. Yeah, they have been. And they, I have they, to tell you, I, I don't know if I'm one of the few or not, but I'm pulling for Baker Mayfield. I think he's been – I just. Think I, I think got, he becomes a starter there. I think he got himself like a job guy. after that you game. You know, no? I, I, think, I think he's gotten raw deals everywhere. You know, I think he got a raw deal with Cleveland. Uh, and and all the different changes and coaches. Did you did you see the stat of how many different head coaches he's yeah, had? Yeah, poorly run organization, obviously. Yeah, I mean he's had so many different head coaches. And, I mean, and look at the difference in Tua. He went through a couple of head coaches. He finally gets one that takes him aside and said, "Listen, this is how we're going to play it. This is how yeah. we're going to do it. We're going to spend time together. We're going to make you comfortable, and you're going to be the quarterback you want to be." And and he has become that. And and I think that. The same thing needs to happen to a, like a guy like Baker Mayfield. I, I, I think he, yeah, he well, McVay would be yeah, a guy that could help. He would be the guy sure. that could do it for sure. Hey, he adapted sure. pretty well. They scored on like a hundred straight drives right, against right, the right. Denver Bronco yeah. team. All right, uh, Catholic Health Services. Uh, yes. You know, uh, God forbid you should need uh, any kind of uh, medical assistance. Uh, you know, we're seeing people. I mean, stroking out at very young ages. And uh, to come back, you know, you're, you're hoping it's swift. There's a hockey player. He must have gone to Catholic Health Services. Uh, Latang, I, I believe is his name, and he has had a couple of strokes. He suffered a stroke. He's back like a week later playing in the NHL. That that, that really, you know, uh, it kind of uh, made me think that it had to be Catholic Health Services involved because uh, a remarkable recovery. Yeah, this is the time of year where we're not just reflective, but we think about uh, getting older and, and what this, what this, how does this impact us. Uh, let me tell you up here, when you're in New England in the wintertime and you get a snow dump like we just had, um, you know, they're telling people, the spell of the, especially the elderly, this is where heart attacks happen. You know, you've got to take it easy and, and you can't be shoveling snow like you're 18 years old yeah. and, and things like that. And Do you have a snowblower or a shovel? 
<clears throat> I have a shovel, but right. but but I have we have a we have a guy that that, that shovel. Our 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 driveway is uh, eighty yards long, so uh, eighty oh, yards nice. long yeah. up a, and up a hill. So you've got a you need someone that's got a truck that's going to plow. But let's talk about eighty yards the driveway. <clears throat> Amazing. All right, so you would need to recover from that. But so the point is this: being smart, being safe. Catholic Health yeah. Services is is has been with us since day one. Yep. Of old school, and we're grateful that they are part of our family, and we the are best. grateful to be part of their family. They're an unmatched group of people who every day show up to work and are all about making sure you get better and better than you were before when you were coming off of whether, God forbid, it's a stroke or a hip replacement or a knee injury or a knee replacement or shoulder, whatever the case might be. Uh, they are there to help you. And they are there to help you with a certain grace and compassion and love and expertise that's just unmatched. I, I mean, I, we can't say it any any better than that. Defoe has been through it with his mother in a much different situation when his mother was, um, you know, her last days here on this planet. But but how Catholic Health Services handled his family and how they how they treated her was remarkable. And they stay communicating with you no matter what the situation is. They understand that when someone comes in for rehab or whatever the case might be, it impacts the entire family. So the entire family is taken along this process. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are with us, who are listening to us, trust us when we tell you there's one group if you need rehab, and that's Catholic Health Services. And that's coming from the real deal, uh, Tony Segreto, man, who is 100% all about sincerity. He doesn't have to worry about lawsuits coming his way like uh, Brady. Uh, with FTX, or uh, I, I think no. Steve Garvey was uh, recommending a product that I actually dumped, Tony, because uh, it was so preposterous, the concept, that uh, even me, a- as much as I felt like, a- and my position was, if I'm at the radio station anyway doing a show, I may as well be reading live endorsements and getting paid. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, you know, I, I mean, uh, you know, I was willing to take on most stuff, but uh, you have to be careful. Stuff... Holler for dollars. Not a good yeah, idea. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I remember, you know what? This was one of those ones where the client insisted on talking to you before you did the endorsement. And I didn't really like the attitude of the client when I spoke with him. Uh, he was out of San Francisco. And uh, I, I remember uh, being in San Francisco and uh, meeting a guy. And, and I thought, I don't really like this guy. Right. So, uh, you know, I had already agreed to do the uh, endorsement, and, and it was for this uh, shake that you drank before you went to sleep. You could eat whatever you want all day long, like a fat slob. I mean, you could be shoveling food in your face, uh, unfortunately, uh, the way our good buddy Mike Mayo has been uh, through the holiday season. You know, eating like two, three meals, I mean, uh, you know, and, and then going Mike having Mike put dinner. on a little weight the holiday season so far? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, he, he would be the first to admit it. Uh, but but he's eating like seven course meals and then going out for ice cream after <laughs> and stuff like that. Tony, you managed to maintain a very svelte uh, physique uh, throughout uh, your uh, it, it's hard. lifetime. It's yeah. hard. Uh, it, what a JJ Watt tweeted this morning. It's uh, <laughs> too many cookies around my house. Uh, there's only there's only so much willpower. You know, my my wife is such a great baker. Well, first of all, before we go about this, yeah. let's just finish this up. Catholic Health Services is yeah. a special group of people. Great people. We don't want to get we don't want to be get off the track here. We're no, I, how do we get sidetracked we're, on we're, Mayo? We're, that was uh, me. I'm sorry. That was you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just just think of them. If God forbid you need help, 
And, and they're here for you just e even to be proactive because they're all about making sure you stay healthy. Yep. So God forbid something does happen, uh, you can get back up on your feet quicker than we yep. were before because you're healthy. Yep. So uh, take it easy. Look up Catholic Health Services. We want to thank them for joining us every single week. And since we've started old school five, six, seven years ago, whatever the case might be. Yeah, it's and, been a uh, while. Uh, Happy New Year to all those at Catholic Health Services. We love you and we're grateful for you. Terrific people. Uh, you know, they did. Uh, you know, I, I would never hesitate to. Uh, that would be my first call for any need of that nature, even if I just had a question about some kind of uh, health care, uh, subsequent health care. So but, I, uh, I, you know, yeah, the sincerity of your endorsement, I, I did want to uh, say that uh, you're not inclined to do something. I, I was uh, no, advocating this milkshake that you drank before you went to bed, and, and it promised you you would lose two pounds while you slept, even though you did no exercise <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, ate like you were John Kennedy. You even believed that is beyond me. <laughs> I didn't believe it. I mean, of course I didn't believe it. I mean, uh, you know, but they gave you some, and they wanted you to take it also. Uh, I and I would have you. to say that, uh, you know, look, if you wake up in the morning and take a jump and, and then you weigh yourself, there's a chance you might have lost a pound <laughs> yeah. overnight. I don't know that it had anything to do with this stupid shake. I don't know. But Gary ended up getting sued for, for endorsing that. All I can tell you is, is that my son, my son just let to go back to Atlanta. And, yeah. and my son is a is a he's a voracious. He loves food and he loves to eat. And he's a, it he's looks an, good, though. He, he's great. I mean, he, he has a great, metabolism, though. He's in great shape. He takes care of himself. He loves to cook. Between him, my wife is an amazing cook, and and not only that, but she's an I don't amazing, know how you do it. She's an amazing baker. All right, so we have pecan pie, homemade cannolis, homemade Italian cookies, homemade bread. It's like, oh, you must have yeah. tremendous <laughs> self-restraint, Tony. I, I don't, but I, I, I do, but I don't. You know? And it's all and, Italian and food, it, too. It's yeah. all great Italian food. And and it's it's just it's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. You sit there and you go, OK, you got to pick my I got to pick my like last night. I had a big dinner. You know, I had taken my son to the airport. And I, so I'd been in the car. I really didn't get a whole lot of exercise all day. We have we, we finished dinner. I'm getting ready to watch Monday Night Football. And Roseanne comes up to me. She says, you know, there's one piece of pecan pie left. And it's, oh, your, it, and it's yours. Homemade. your name on it. She, nice. I go, oh, honey, I am so full. She goes, come on. Yeah, it's one piece. She, she said, and there's a, there's a couple of cannolis in there, too. I go, what are you doing to me? You're like killing me. A couple of cannolis. Yeah, leave the gun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway. All right. Well, you have a, a, a great trip down Happy here. And, uh, be safe, you know, please. Uh, that'll be uh, excellent to, uh, you know, you're with Dabo. You're with uh, uh, Josh Heupel uh, coming up here and uh, moderating uh, that, that luncheon, which is always a lot of fun. Now, now you MC the whole thing. Well, I no, I'm actually going to be emceed. I'm just going to be joining it as a you know member of Orange Bowl committee. I, for, I forget who's emceed. Did they ever bring in like Frank Freeman, the ring announcer, to uh, MC? I, I don't way think back so. in the day. Yeah, yeah I, uh, Where, uh, I, ladies and gentlemen, I, he he was great, man. That guy, yeah, he, he was uh, the poor man's Johnny Addy. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tony, we love you. Have a happy, happy, happy uh, New year. celebration, it's and uh, we'll talk to you again next year. And yeah. uh, as you said, I mean, uh, and very appropriately so. Uh, thanks to uh, Catholic Health Services, great Texas people Roadhouse. in Texas Roadhouse. We can't say enough good things about them. Stick goes a long way there. You can get that gift certificate away for a whole family. Can you imagine? I feel yeah, like you, it's, it's great. It's yeah, not going to really be is. like my son has to embarrassingly go to his pocket for another stick, like it would have been with other restaurants. So that that is great. Tony, we love you. We'll see you. Happy next New Year, week. guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Tony Scrito. Coming out of the call.
Uh, he objected to a few things that we uh, pretended to on the program. <laughs> I think your Jerry Lewis was spot on. He was in the bag. It, it really it it wasn't what it is. See, like... This is the thing about like uh, any kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? Attempt at comedy? Yeah, you're right. pushing the limit. We're trying to make people laugh. No, we want people. That, that's been our game the entire time we've been doing this, that's right? And, and and people, the feedback I get, whether you were listening to the program director, who would find the one ugly call that somebody had made at a radio station that you were offending people, right? And uh, that would be the one. That would be the only barometer by which they judged your show, which was a, a you know just a huge mistake. And and it wasn't even worth saying to some of these people. Like like sometimes you know when somebody presents a ridiculous proposition to you, it's not even worth coming back with, oh yeah, but the feedback I get. No 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 no. Yeah. They don't. Care. Which you know, you've seen it, you witnessed it, you experienced it, uh, Luby. I mean, uh, you know, for for a long long time when we were doing a radio, it was like, man, I mean, uh, I'm going to my miserable job, and uh, I'm really not happy about it. But uh, at least I get a laugh out of you guys in the morning. Now you might have to cross certain borders of good taste. In order to do I that, I thought it but, was uh, well known that, like, uh, God rest his soul, and he's a legend, and they were doing great things with these telethons. But that's the joke. I thought it was known that he was like, oh, Lewis, man, unbelievable. On that thing. <laughs> like, I thought that was the thing. Like, uh, I you was would look and go, my God, this man is tireless, <laughs> and you didn't realize how much of it probably was feigned. You know, I mean, but you know, they would take like the smallest contribution and make a big deal out of it, which was good. And then, uh, you know, I, people around the country, maybe even around the world, were wrapped up in the total. They always wanted to go over, yes, which they managed to do. I mean, uh, th- this was a, a forerunner to rampant betting on over-unders in, in sporting events. You wanted to go over the total of the previous year on a Jerry Lewis telethon. That was an annuity. We did it! <laughs> Lady, we did it! I was engrossed in the thing. I loved it, man. I, I thought it was great. Hey, you see Jerry after about 24 hours? What would they go? 48? I'm not yeah, even sure. Wasn't it like days? <laughs> I think it was 24. Okay. And by like three in the morning, man, he was like bombed. Was... I just thought he was bombed. I thought that was like known. Like, I didn't think that was like. Brady's hanging out his with a good name. Into... <laughs> Dean Martin. I mean, yeah. You what do you me? think? Old Dino was not celebrating on uh, New Year's Day. I mean, yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, that had to be an extended party. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, later on. Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, 12, 12 o'clock, o'clock today. Right uh, a couple of road appearances coming up with Mike Mayo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wicked Cheese Steaks. And uh, I, I, uh, I love Brian and all of the stuff he's doing there. Uh, that's uh, just south of Commercial on Federal Highway. And, and a great a great spot. Good prices, too. They're really a bargain, man, if you're looking for a great, like, nice, hearty lunch. That isn't, uh, you know, I mean, going to cost you an arm and a leg. This is the place to go. Yeah, I mean, Fantastic. And pizza, wings. The whole thing. I, I don't know that we've explored the wings as much as we probably we should. I, I, really, I thought about the pizza. I really dug those like, wings. The pizza yeah. and the wings are a big part, even though lobster rolls and Philly cheesesteaks the are cheese their steaks. main thing. Yeah. They actually do a really good job of pizza and wings. And I was like, what have we not done a lot of? And I'm like, I don't think we've really tried the pizzas or the wings. Because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I think that's another one of those stigmas of mayos, you know. Who's was like, well, this isn't really a pizza place. But he did have the pizza. I think he was overwhelmingly surprised. Uh, Mike Mayo. You never know. I mean, when he makes a face right away. He, he's very prejudgmental, is he not? He is For a guy not. that's supposed to be open-minded? Come on. He's not. Michael. Anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk to uh, Mike Mayo, and uh, he'll he'll be featured on his own program, yes, which is great. Today, uh, coming up at 12 o'clock today, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. And then we'll see you again tomorrow. Uh, now, Tony was with us today, so uh, might be freewheeling it tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to have Chris uh, Perkins is going to join us at 820. Oh, great. Talk great. about, we'll talk lots of dolphins, and the, the concussion thing is something I'm curious about. 
because they have yet to say if Tua had or did not have. Like, people assume because it's in protocol, that means they're admitting he had a concussion. No one is. They're not saying he had a concussion. They're saying... It might just be giving him the old chance. Like, cautious and this? smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're trying to be smart, unlike last time. When, when uh, they, uh, you know, ask him his name and he says, Shlomo Glickstein. <laughs> there should, you know, be no concern whatsoever, you know. Remember when, I mean, I believe this to still be true. I mean, maybe to a lesser degree, because uh, perhaps the NFL has actually taken some cautions on behalf and the benefit of the players. Is that possible? Because you used to have to be listed as deceased or else you were playing. Remember those, those injury reports come out and be probable, questionable, uh, not likely. Uh, you know, go fuck yourself. I mean, they had all the different categories. But deceased was the one decisive one that, that was, uh, you know, a surefire indicator that there was no chance the guy was going to play. Otherwise, was, I, I was counting on him being out there. All right, we'll leave you with that thought. There you go. <laughs> so anyways, I can't believe Tony, tomorrow. man. That was probably burning inside him for a while. <laughs> My cousin uh, had MS, uh, unfortunately. So, oh, uh, you know, Lord. obviously very Yeah, uh, we weren't empathetic. mocking the thing. Jerry, I thought yeah. it was well known. It was just he, Jerry. It was just the way he conducted yeah. himself on the telethon. It was, kind it was of great what they way. did. They did great work. It was just Tremendous he, job. I mean, I mean he, uh, he had you feeling like you couldn't wait to erupt when they went over the top. <laughs> kind of like uh, when the uh, Dolphins-Packers stayed under, and my prediction originally was Green Bay and the under. But the under was the one that was suspect most of the game. First half, you would have thought Green Bay's yeah, getting well, blown out. It was going to be Dolphins over for sure, right? That shows yeah. you how the tides can turn. Very quickly. All right. So we're doing too much philosophizing. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 in the a.m. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. Feel better, Andy. Get rid of that, uh, yeah, that Randy COVID-19, man. Get yourself out of that. Uh, he said he checked in at JFK, but I, I thought he was at the airport, <laughs> which is also prohibitive for Andy. Uh, I mean, uh, whenever he's at the airport, uh, you know, usually uh, <laughs> comes pretty close. It looks, oh, it looks like a 7. No, no. It's a hard 8. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. All right. Uh, see you tomorrow as uh, we leave you now that. The time. I need a trip to Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. It's 9-13. Let's do. go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.